And now, introducing the man who recently tried to open a bank account overseas to protect his wealth from taxes, yet upon arriving in the Cayman Islands, he was informed that not only was it a waste to deposit $6.14 into a newly created account, but he'd have to leave the premises immediately because it was clear he couldn't pay for the valet parking. Prior to his most recent run-in with law enforcement, he insisted to friends and family that not only is it completely legal to wear nothing but socks and sandals to the beach, but it's quite honestly encouraged by the locals and tourists alike. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We are here. A young Jack is here as well with you for the next couple of hours and you can party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. A live performance by All Time Low. Perhaps you've heard of those fellers. Uh, plus, you can watch the Ravens versus Raiders game on the Ravens Vision boards. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets. That's going to be an incredible event. It's a really cool new way for them to go about doing it. used to be uh, they do that like at the fairgrounds uh, the week before. Now this is a, a really neat concept. Hey, everybody come down to the stadium, hang out together, watch the game, enjoy a little music. Why do the monsters come out at night? Love me some all-time low. You know that. Looking forward to that event again to uh, kick off the season on Monday, September 13th. Uh, all right, we got much to discuss on a Monday edition of the program. Lamar Jackson is scheduled to meet with the media this morning for the first time, obviously, of uh, training camp and clearly since he was again diagnosed with uh, COVID-19. What will he say? If I had to guess, he'll say something about a personal decision. This, just to, if I had to venture a guess. And because somewhere because between because we're rubes and because we um, we think in for some cases we think we're being responsible, we'll accept that. It doesn't mean anything. Every time someone has attempted to say that's a personal decision, what they're really saying is, I'm not going to answer your question. We somehow have allowed it's a personal decision to mean something more than that, to give it meaning somehow. It would be a personal decision for me to walk around naked around town. That would be a personal decision. There would, would be still affect others. There'd though. be consequences to that decision. But if someone asked me, why'd you do that? I could just say, well, it was a personal decision. The point is, it doesn't mean anything. It's nonsense. I get it. But they, and I said this about Kirk Cousins last week. They're not hiding anything from us. They don't know why they're not getting vaccinated either. Unless there's something we're missing, and one of them truly is immunocompromised to the point where they can't. Now, well, I would heard assume about that, now, that yeah. if that was the case, they probably would have just told you that. Yeah. They probably would have. Might not have. It's not, not impossible. And considering the misinformation that Lamar Jackson was sharing on social media, I have, ab- by the way, I'm right, I wrote about Lamar this morning. Um, I have absolutely zero reason to think that it's the immunocompromised part and every reason to think it's the other part, which is I don't know. And that's what the answer is. The answer is I don't know why I won't get vaccinated. And because I can't explain it to you, I'm just looking for some blanket statement that I can go with to push the question to the side. And 
there is the follow-up to that, which is, that is your decision. And there's nothing that anybody else can do about it. So my guess is we're going to be left with not a lot of answers and far more questions when Lamar Jackson meets the media today. It's one of those things where we're going to hype it up. Hey, Lamar Jackson is going to meet with the media, and somebody's going to ask him anything about vaccinations, and he's going to deflect and say nothing, and we're going to get nothing. I would be stunned if we get anything of actual value that comes from this. Of course, what would actual value be? I changed my mind. I think maybe it's time for me to go get vaccinated. Other than that... Just be more or less elaborating on stupidity. Correct. It's the the Kirk Cousins. I'll I'll do anything. Doing a lot of research. Man, I will build a plexiglass thing in order to keep my. I'll do anything other than the one thing that would actually help. And I get it for all of you that people that are vaccinated can still get COVID. Yes, I'm quite aware, 100 percent. And you know what? They don't have to be out for 10 days. They don't run the risk of missing multiple football games if they have a mild case or they test negative twice within 24 hours. They could be back almost immediately. Now, the other issue, the making sure you're okay physically, all that, that's different conversation. But this is a football topic for a football show, sports show. Football, baby. It is important from a football standpoint that players be available to the football team this season. I don't know. I'm writing today about Lamar Jackson at PressBoxOnline.com, and I'm writing about the fair, unfair criticism that Lamar Jackson faces. I bumped in, I, I had, a, had a, a great time down at the City Open last week in D.C., and I mentioned on the show I spent some time with my friend Ron in Owings Mills on Friday. We spent some time. By the way, Ron cleaned up down at the City Open. How's All that? he did was meet like every tennis player on the face of the planet. How do you go about doing that? I, I didn't know. I didn't know this about Ron. He is like he's in there. He like he's he goes and finds like some security person. Hey, wait, do you know anything about when like Coco Golf's gonna be walking by? Do you know anything about like he's all over? He's like an investigator, man. So he's he just like literally level. intercepting them on the way to different places. One thousand percent. While everybody else is in watching tennis matches, Ron <laughs> is out. This is this is where like we had texted each other, and then <laughs> I was like, all right, well maybe after the match, I I'll, saw a picture of him with I'll Nick Kyrgios, right? Oh, he met Nick Kyrgios. He met Coco Golf. He met Rafael Nadal. He met all of them. He met. Everybody. He met Nadal. Don't they have like a security detail for Nadal? You, uh, he met Nadal before. At the beginning of the week, um, Nadal was practicing publicly on the stadium court before okay. the actual matches began, and he was able to meet him that way. And then things got the mob got a little bit too out of hand, and so the uh, he really sit- let the mob in, huh? Well, you know what, man? They're everywhere. It's just <laughs> the way that it goes. They're really in charge of everything. And so the city opened, put the kibosh on. They were like, ah, COVID, uh, right. I can't do this well, anymore. Yeah, makes sense, Un- I guess. Understood. Maybe, maybe you should have done that right, a little bit Initially, but, yeah. Uh, the point being, he met everyone. In fact, the reason why he was standing, I happened to be walking by. I was walking out of the media center towards the stadium to watch the, uh, what was the second match of the day? It was the Yannick Sinner match on Friday that I wanted to watch. Who ended up being your city open champion. Like, I'm telling you, like, you don't know that. Come on. Um, I was going to watch his match on Friday, and as I'm walking by, I, I saw Ron just standing outside the players' area, which, by the way, they let me into on Wednesday because I didn't know where the media center was. I walked by, and I'm like, uh, you know, I just I think this is the way that I'm supposed to go. And so I walk by, and somebody stops me, and they're like, hey, can I see your badge? And I'm like, yeah, here it is. And they go to scan it. They're like, oh, it's not working. Oh, well. And I'm like, I'm like oh, uh, I just picked it up. They were like, all right, well, let them know that the badge isn't working and get a new one. And they just let me into the player, (laughs) which I realized very quickly that I was in the wrong place. And I was like, well, 
I should probably depart. I should probably leave the air immediately. But Ron uh, was waiting to say hello to Kaney Shikori at the time okay. uh, that he was walking by. I saw him hanging out with Patrick he McEnroe was the, yesterday. Was he in the finals? Uh, Kaney Shikori made the semifinals, okay. did not make the finals. It was uh, it was a thriller in the finals. Unique Sinner defeating Mackie McDonald in three sets. That's not his real name. Uh, it's not. It's Mackenzie McDonald. You're right. I knew so it. you're right about that. Um, anyway, the point of it is that Ron, it, we had a nice conversation. I like Ron. I've said this before. I know a lot of people around town get flummoxed by Ron because Ron can be glass half empty and he can be quite critical. Of, you know, he's a, he can be tough. But I like Ron as a caller, and he's one of the few people I've given the number to this, mm-hmm. and I just say call whenever you want, um, because I appreciate that Ron's not doing shtick. No. In his mind, this is really how he operates. He's not just calling for the sake of calling. He calls, and by the way, Ron will sometimes be like, you know what, I'm happy today, Glenn. I'm good with this. I'm, And I kind of appreciate that about Ron as a caller. So I've always liked Ron. I go to talk to Ron, and he leads into this thing about, you know, you know, you're not allowed to criticize Lamar here. And I was like, well, wait a second, let's have that conversation. And that sort of led into my column was this concept of you're not allowed to criticize Lamar around here because. Well, specifically about this uh, that, or just in general. He, he was leading into a bigger conversation about this, which I, you know, as, a, as you guys know, I'm happy. I said this when somebody else messaged me about it. I Lamar deserves criticism for this. Now what? I don't know. But I wrote at length at Pressbox about how we feel defensive because there's so much idiocy that surrounds Lamar Jackson because Mm -hmm. he has dealt with the dumbest of the dumb. And in this era where sports media has become a sport itself, where it's only about getting page views and clicks and, and just say bombastic outlandish things for attention... He has become a lightning rod that is guaranteed to deliver people clicks. I called out Mike Florio, and I'm always going to be willing to call out. I like Mike Florio to an extent. To an extent. I mean, I don't listen to his show. I don't watch his. I don't take in Mike Florio's content. No issue with Mike Florio. But I don't have any. Being, yeah. yeah, I don't have any personal problems with Mike Florio. Mike and I have had a decent relationship over the years. Um, but it was shameful. That was a shameful thing. And I think I can't believe that Mike Florio is is so stupid that he genuinely believes that there was something wrong with Lamar Jackson, you know, running some football drills on a on a basketball court with kids. Like I don't believe he actually the, Mike Florio is an attorney. Mike Florio is a very smart man. In the same way that there's no actual problem with Terrell Suggs playing basketball years ago, the problem was that he got hurt, which could happen doing anything. As you see with guys getting non-contact injuries all the time, you can get hurt walking to your car. You can get hurt getting out of bed. you got quite the proclivity for that, don't you? Me? Yes. Oh, God. I get hurt doing anything anymore. This notion that you're at greater risk as a professional athlete of getting hurt because you're backpedaling on a basketball court is insane. I mean, in theory, maybe not, maybe then walking down the street. In theory, maybe there's a maybe, greater risk, right? Maybe there is. These guys don't exist. In, but I, you know what? I'm not even giving that. The reality is they're not. They're, these are professional athletes. They know what they're doing. Sure. Lamar Jackson knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot. We are idiots. We're dopes. Because we would get hurt in these situations, we compare ourselves to professional athletes. They're not like us. They're built in a different way. 
They participate in something now 17 times a year at least, add in preseason, all that sort of stuff, in which every collision is compared to a car crash. He's at no risk that's greater than anything else that he might be doing. But because we're idiots, because we're dopes, we think that. And when Mike Florio, who knows, I'm not going to get any page views if I write something about Lamar Jackson running around with kids, decides instead to write a thing about, well, this is a mistake and Lamar Jackson shouldn't be doing this, he knows that that's going to get more page views. And so it's more insane, stupid, nonsensical criticism that's thrown Lamar Jackson's way. And it leads to us getting more and more defensive. I would continue. I'm just as guilty because I got trapped in this. And it was less about Mike Florio, more about the number of idiots around town that tried to defend it, that tried to back it up and say, Mike, you know, Mike Florio's thought is right. Lamar Jackson shouldn't be out there doing that. It's nonsense. You're stupid. I would encourage you to stop taking that type of content. I would encourage you, I can't tell you how much better life has been since I have eliminated all of those ESPN and Fox Sports shows from my life. All of them. I can't tell you how much it improved my life. What they're doing isn't actually journalism. There are places, I mean, I think outside the line still does some journalism. I, I, I think some of their... Um, Long-form stuff still involves some journalism. I think their website still does some journalism. But none of it exists on those shows. They're doing something else. And it's not good for anybody. Oh, their it, pockets. Well, yes, it's good for them. But it's like Jon Stewart going on Crossfire all those years ago. You're hurting America. You're dumbing us all down by just saying outlandish, bombastic things for sport. As I said, I, I, I would be in a much better place. We would probably uh, not be sitting here, in the, no offense to anybody here, we'd probably not be sitting here if I was willing to do that. I'm not willing to do that. And because of that, I've accept my lot in life. But that's the way it goes. So that's the first thing I would tell you. But secondarily, what I would tell you is that that doesn't mean it's not okay to criticize Lamar Jackson when criticism is warranted. And we've lost the ability for this type of nuance. Because we exist in a world where we see people in our lives or on Twitter or in comments that say Lamar's a running back, we lose the ability to understand that there are things that warrant criticism. There are absolutely moments when Lamar Jackson does something on the field, off the field, whatever it is, that warrants criticism. But because what we deal with is he's nothing but a running back, we feel as though there can never be criticism of Lamar Jackson. We have to protect him. We have to surround him and... and Coddle him to an extent. If, if you will. There, is t there are times where criticism is warranted. And unquestionably, this is one of them. There is no debate about that. Short of Lamar Jackson being immunocompromised. And again, the evidence that we have would suggest that's not the case. I reserve the right to change my mind if somehow that were to be presented. And because I don't, I don't know that, I have to keep saying that because that's the responsibility of doing you know, journalism in, in this. It is okay to criticize Lamar Jackson over this. It's presented a question. 
in my fantasy football league thread, which fascinated me, of all the places for this to come up, this was something that fascinated me because it will lead into the other side of this that we have to talk about this morning, which is the news of Josh Allen's contract and how that might affect Lamar Jackson. In my fantasy football league's Discord thread, they keep trying to make that a thing for me. I will not. I, I can't. I have no more time to spend in other places. You want to get me? You've got plenty of places where you can get me. I'm not, I, I have a Discord thing so I can read this thread. They've been screaming at me because I haven't been voting in the Discord groups. I happened to see last night they were chatting about this concept. In any way, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, do you tie Lamar Jackson's contract to his willingness to get vaccinated? And the question isn't, do you not give him a contract? Because obviously if he never gets vaccinated, you're still going to end up giving him a contract unless something terrible were to happen. Mm-hmm. But in some sort of way, do you offer in the contract an amount more money if he gets vaccinated than if he doesn't? Is there an incentive that can be put into that deal somehow? Do you say, let's say the sides have come to an agreement at this point. They've done all of it. Do you say, great. Now, as soon as you get vaccinated, we'll put it in front of you. Do you do anything at all related to him getting vaccinated when it comes to his contract? And it really fascinated me. It really fascinated me. Because at this point, I'd have to think you're just about there. I don't know what more you could be waiting for at this point. A lot of people said, you know, you got you to see what Josh Allen, Baker, Mayfield get, and that'll help set, help set the table. Well, you've got that number now. You don't really need to wait for Baker, Mayfield at this point. You've got a guiding light. And I'm going to guess that your numbers were probably in that territory to begin with. One would think. I would think... There's not a whole lot left at this point that, that there would still be to hassle over. So would you think about that? Would you say, look, man, you want to get it done now? We can get it done now. Let's go get vaccinated. The moment you get vaccinated, we'll make this happen. It's interesting to me. It's really interesting to me. Because there's not a... There's no, there's no ethical precedent for this. This is never something that's popped up before. Clearly, there's never been this type of global pandemic in an NFL era. I, I don't know what the reaction would be should it go public. Same as anything these days. Divided. Be, be a handful of people <laughs> yeah. that are, you know, feel it strongly one way. And yeah. so and so what would that mean? If it was divided, if half the world thought this was a really genius idea and half of it thought it was despicable, would that leave the Ravens in a, a bad place or would it leave them in about yeah. the same place they're in to begin with? It's a business decision on their part. I mean, they have, I would hope, that their decisions are not based on the public reaction to whatever those decisions might be. I would hope that they I are would, I would, logical. I would, and I would hope so, too. Right, take into account. They also let Ray Lewis decide if they wanted to sign a quarterback once upon a time. To an so. extent, that's different, right? Like, this is a public health issue 
this is, despite the divisive nature of the discussion, I would say one that on one side has proof, facts, scientific right. research behind it. Understood. And the but other it, side... But it's not as, it's not quite that simple. I get right? it. Like, science is there, not fact. Science is... is, well, but, is it, but it also goes beyond... Even if you accept that premise, right, it's not quite that simple because you're still now... There is the argument that a private business is trying to impact their... or wield their belief structure over an employee. And... Well, it's is not as that if he's okay? Not, they're not withholding his current salary. Correct. It's not like they're saying, "Look, we're not giving you your paycheck." Understood. Until you get vaccinated. I understand that. They're saying we won't, we won't rewrite the terms of your salary. By until. the way, I want to make sure this is very clearly a hypothetical. hypothetical. Yes, we will. We will be willing to give you the raise that your performance deserves, mm-hmm. if. You fulfill the other requirements that we have. But what if there's the other side to that? What happens when Lamar Jackson says no? Well, then that's on him to an extent. If he's willing to gamble. Do you run the risk of pissing him off in the process? Sure. But that doesn't change that ultimately he's still under contract for three to four more years. Maybe the franchise tag. The franchise tag, correct. So I get it. It's like acrimonious. Potentially, you have the possibility that it gets ugly and that Lamar Jackson ends up upset. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a possibility. The flip side is there's also the possibility if he is unvaccinated that they pay him $185 million, 150 guaranteed, mm-hmm. and he's unable to play football again. It's, I mean, it's I it's, a, it's, it's an extraordinarily minimal possibility. Regardless, I mean, it's extremely from what we've small. seen with, I, I understand all what of, you're saying, but you but have. But there's to. no saying where any of this goes. I, there's no I, saying I, what. I, I understand what you're saying, but again, dealing with simple fact, the math says that's uh, it's it's infinitely small possibility. Fair. Not not zero, but infinitely small. It was, yes, last year it was smaller. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, the Delta. Look, we would get. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing about that. It's. Still, I'm not saying it's large. I'm not it's, saying it's, it's increased it's, to a number where it should be alarming for any franchise. I'm it's, saying it's, that it's not even one percent. It's not even. Maybe so. It's not really even a tenth of a percent. Maybe so. Yeah. But the risk is still present. Man, it's not. It's not. Again, it's not zero. But I hear you. So, ultimately. If the Ravens were to take this stance, it would inevitably ruffle feathers. Oh, of course it would piss people. There would be absolutely be people that would be livid about it. And one of them might be your quarterback. And that's not that's not a good thing. No. There's no doubt about it. But is it the right thing? I don't know that either. But it's a fasc- it is a fascinating question. Because again, there's literally no precedent for it. There is nothing that we can fall back on and compare it to. Nothing at all. I don't think it's something the Ravens will do. I'm going to make that very clear. Again, it's kind of outrageous, right? Like, it's just maybe outrageous. People hear that and have a certain connotation for it. But it's just, it's out there. It's so bold that it seems unlike them. But, But should they? 
I don't know. I can't say no. I certainly can't say yes. I'm I'm interested by the concept. I'd love to hear from you guys at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter this morning. Just your thoughts. It seems like something that most people are a little afraid to touch. It's part of the problem that we're dealing with. It seems like we're a little, you know, I don't know, this feels a little hinky to me. Okay? I mean, I, I hear you. Feels a little hinky that your quarterback might not be available to you for a couple of games this season if this were to happen again. Just feels hinky. Bigger problems, of course, could exist, but, you know, the bare minimum, you run the risk of your quarterback not being out there for important football games as you're trying to win a Super Bowl. That's that's not nothing. Ian Rappaport suggests that the Josh Allen deal is not likely to impact Lamar Jackson. We never know how that would be the case. Um, I'll read this. This is from NFL.com. After Josh Allen reset the non-Patrick Mahomes market for quarterbacks, attention quickly turned toward Lamar Jackson. The fellow fourth-year quarterback has also been seeking an extension this offseason. Poor Rappaport. Per Rappaport. Poor, uh, poor Rappaport. Poor, oh, poor, poor. poor. It's also, I think I got thrown off by how NFL.com misspelled their own reporter's name. It's Rap, Rappaport. Nice. Rap, Rap, R-A-P-O-P-R-T. Like, I like There's it. definitely some val- uh, vowels missing there, <laughs> there's for sure. Don't expect Allen's terms, a six-year deal worth $258 million with $150 million in guarantees, to impact Jackson's. Quote, the Ravens are in a fine position here. Communication is good, but I wouldn't expect it to drastically affect where things are with Lamar, unquote, Rappaport said. He pointed to Baltimore's negotiations with Marlon Humphrey and Ronnie Stanley for context. After Jalen Ramsey and Laramie Tunsil became the highest-paid players at their respective positions last year, Humphrey and Stanley agreed to extensions, paying them less per year. Allen just signed for $43 million a season, topping Dak Prescott's $40 million annual bill. Jackson might land somewhere in between. Um, there's a lot, you know, there's, there's, there's gray area within that, which is... Essentially to say, just because Allen signed for a number, don't assume that means that Jackson's raw numbers have to be higher. This is typically the way the quarterback market has worked in mm-hmm. the past. One quarterback gets a number. Not always and with guaranteed the, money, though, for what it's worth. It's normally the overall number that it ends yeah, at. Yeah, I mean, it's... But I would think that it, ultimately it, With rare exceptions, it's it's been with guaranteed money, too. Like, with rare exceptions, this is a number. Next guy that gets a number, it has to be bigger than the last guy, right? Like, that's just typically the way the quarterback market has worked. And understand, we're setting aside the Patrick Mahomes deal and saying that's just a, it's a different thing. It's a different animal altogether. Fair, right? Like, fair. If the point is, Josh Allen's contract doesn't necessarily mean that Lamar Jackson's has to come in over Josh Allen's, okay, I'm not unwilling to believe that. If the if they were pretty close to getting a deal done before, and some people seem to think they might have been, if they were pretty close to getting a deal done in the days before Josh Allen got his deal done, then perhaps there isn't, you know, Lamar Jackson and his mom and whoever is representing them and working with them on this, perhaps they didn't say, whoa, 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 hold up, stop. We got to rip it all up because we got to make sure that our number is bigger than that number. It's it's totally possible that alone is not all that significant. It's possible. 
I don't think it means that they're going to – if there's no world in which it's drastically more what Josh Allen got than what the Ravens were working on with Josh uh, with Lamar Jackson, that Lamar ja- – if, if anybody – He's going to sign an if, $120 million correct, extension. If, if he has anyone that's representing him, if they have anybody involved – they would immediately say, whoa, 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 no, 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 we can't, we table. cannot yeah. do that. We cannot do that. But it's so absurd to think that, that would be the case. It's so absurd to think that the number would be that drastically different mm-hmm. than the number that Josh Allen got, that it's almost not worthy of that type of conversation. I'm curious whether um, or not, like, the, the six years versus however many years. I mean, I, don't, I genuinely don't know what the extension would Lamar lengthwise would look like, right? Like, I don't know if they would think there's reason for it to be we saw it was four years for Watson I think it was mm-hmm. four years for Prescott if I'm not mistaken Allen was I think the second longest extension behind Mahomes Just trying to pull up I'm in. so I don't know right people have brought up the nature of Lamar Jackson and the running proclivities and whether or not that would make you more risk averse to giving a longer term extension who knows right if you're Lamar Jackson's camp why would you not try and get as many years as you can well, and lock unless yourself unless down? you think the money is changing drastically in the next few years right like if and and if it is by the way there's always the ability for you to go about saying I want to restructure yeah. three years from now it, or or you put that in the deal that you get mm-hmm. opt outs right like give me I want a seven year deal but I want a seven year deal with opt outs mm-hmm. for us um, if we see where the market is headed that's the way that we want to go you can always opt out of a deal after a certain point of course it costs you something if you're sure. the team uh, you can always opt out of the deal we want to be able to opt out of it too that that can be negotiated right like there is I I got the sense that the shorter quarterback deals were about allowing the cap to reset particularly related to COVID, you know, like, let me see where the cap is four years down the road and let me see what a couple more quarterback contracts might look like between now and then. And we'll deal with it when we deal with it. To your point, I, if it's something, if you can get something that, that forces the team's hand a little bit more for extra years, should something go wrong? Yes, of course, I'd be more inclined and also put yourself in that position. We'll see. My, my guess is that they were probably in the neighborhood of what Josh Allen's deal was, and so that's the reason why Ian Rappaport is saying it's not that big of a deal. It, it's, they were about there anyway. If, if it's 43 per for Josh Allen and it's 41.5 per for Lamar Jackson, that's essentially the same thing. It's not something they felt like they needed to go back and get in the nitty-gritty about. They were pretty happy with where the deal stood. Now, I don't know that. It, I don't know what information Ian Rappaport had when he said that, right? Like, I, But I don't think it's unreasonable, based on all of the information we have, to feel as though that's probably the likely scenario, is that this is about where they were anyway, so this didn't really shock their system. This really kind of lined up with about where they thought things were going to go. That makes all the sense in the world. The other big news related to the Ravens today is that, oh, by the way, today's show is also brought to you by Mobile One, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. The other big news is that Ronnie Stanley, who you know, Some questions he might be not ready for week yeah, one. Yeah, I mean we 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 thought there were, we thought he would be back for the start of the season, but we were we were there was no reason to think that it was a sure thing. Yeah, we were at least apprehensive about it. Like we were. Um, encouraged but uh, anxiously all we had heard was that he's on timeline correct schedules hasn't changed 
Um, Ronnie Stanley was back at Ravens practice today at training camp. Beautiful. And so as long as there's no setback, as long as there's no – considering we literally have over a month before there's a football game to be played and sure. Ronnie Stanley sure as F does not need to play in any of these exercises, um, you would think that that, that basically all but mm-hmm. ends that conversation – and locks in Ronnie Stanley as your left tackle. And so some of these doomsday things that we were concerned about, what if you have to line up so-and-so here? What if you, that most of that goes out the window this moment? I like that. Um, of course, obviously, and unfortunately, there will still likely be more injuries that will occur at some point. Again, I'll do the same bit that I did before. It's just the nature of you being out there. The Jimmy Smith thing was far better than maybe we had it's seen. It's a good point. We were not, you know, yeah. we, we went off the air on Friday, still worried about Jimmy Smith, and pretty quickly afterwards we started to hear that it really was not nearly as bad as it appeared. A low ankle sprain, to which be obviously is preferable to a high ankle by sprain. By far, by who far knows, he preferable. Could be back in the preseason, in theory. Yep. So that is that was great news as well related to uh, Jimmy Smith and uh, hopefully means that all will be good for him. Of course, this is still Jimmy Smith that we're talking sure. about, and so we have to be realistic about our expectations. Um, but that's there's no getting around it. That's a good thing. That is good news. So we like that. Good news for the Ravens. They have a preseason game this week. Rashad Bateman returned to practice today yep, as well. Yep, saw that too. That one, we were yeah, never all no that concerned about it, was it being long-term. Injury, right. But, but yes, he was back out there as well. So you like that. You like that. You hope that they are plenty healthy throughout mm-hmm. the course of all of this as we still, as we keep saying, we are over a month away. Over a month away. Five Mondays, right? Like it's is it it's five it's exactly five weeks from today. Let me do that. Thursday is the first game. For the Ravens. No, for the Ravens first game. Yeah. Which is on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. And today's a Monday. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think so. So how many Mondays are we away? How many what am I what am I how many exactly how many weeks? One, two, three, four, five. Five. Yes. Five that weeks exactly. Sense. Five weeks exactly from today is when the uh, Baltimore Ravens play their opener against the Las Vegas Raiders out there in Sin City. How many sacks does Ngakwe get? I mean, seven probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not there. I'm not thinking about it. Um, uh, Brian, without question, the Ravens should tie vaccinations into Lamar's contract. I'm guessing that's why it's not done yet. It's time for him to grow up. That's... Like when you say things like that, that's where I get uncomfortable. Like that saying it's time for him to grow. Yeah, I disagree, and I think he deserves criticism. But I don't know if that means it's time for him to grow up as much as it's time for somebody to try to give him better advice or for there to be different people in his ear. The influ- I think we are we are struggling a lot when it look, a lot of a lot of people that are unvaccinated truly do know better. They're just doing it to be a-holes. You, you can't tell me what to do. There is a lot of that. But there are a lot of people that just don't have the right information in their world. And I know that's crazy for us to think about. But it that exists. We're in a different world as far as who you get your information from and who you think you can trust. That has eroded so significantly in the last decade, yeah. two decades, that that's a real thing. I hear you. I understand what you're saying. 
but that it still reads a little bit. It sound that reads more as like I want to go after Lamar Jackson. I don't want to go after him. This is a mistake. That I I don't think it's a a statement about him being a bad person or him being a ch- I don't think it's any of those things. I think that this is a mistake that's based on misinformation. And maybe like needs to be less gullible. Yeah, I mean I would I would prefer that. I would prefer it. I mean that's certainly I I would prefer it. There's no doubt that no doubt about that. All right, um, we'll grab a break here. When we come back in, Sean Burke's going to join us, um, former University of Maryland pitcher, damn good one. He was selected in the third round by the Chicago White Sox, and his pro career is getting underway. We're going to talk to him about that. Jeremy Kahn will join us a little bit later on as well. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. We are in the Press Box Studios. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling at Great Eights Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to its Millennium Fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Ben Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are available at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's great, the number eight, smemorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. They still have a summer seasonal menu items available, including the very, very salad and the smoky thigh wings, plus the all-new shrimp po' boy. Crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade, as well as the 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, the barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter. Perfection. Zucchini fries, key lime pie, and more. All of those meals pair quite well with the Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Couple of things here. One, um, the Orioles lost three to the Rays this weekend. This almost ideal for me. The offense did some things. The guys that you want to see something from, and everybody's all hot and bothered about Jorge Mateo and the talent that he could have, and the Orioles taking a chance on him, and you know what what he might be able to provide, and and he all. He, you know, he looked he looked like a player a little bit this weekend. That was neat. I, I'm not suggesting that that means they're going to find something there, but you know, it's it's interesting and it's absolutely a move the Orioles should make. Why wouldn't you take a chance on a guy like that when you're in the position that you're in? They scored runs. Anthony Santander kind of had some moments over the weekend. There were good things that occurred, and the bullpen stunk, which that's fine. That's fine. I, I don't, I'm trying to say this as nice as way possible. That's probably the best case scenario. Honestly. It's not, I'm not trying to oversell that like all of the bats, all like, it looks like they've got six major league hitters in the lineup right now. I'm not trying to oversell it. But the truth is, the rest of the way, the best case scenario for the Orioles is the guys that we think could be a part of this, be a part of it, do things, be productive, and you lose the games anyway. Because... Your bullpen stinks. With all due respect, as I keep saying, even in the world we want to envision that those guys have some value at some point, that's that's limited. That's the nature of bullpen in Major League Baseball in the 2020s. The idea that these guys will either be the solution whenever the Orioles are good or will have serious value for the Orioles in future trades is is nonsensical. It spits in the face of the way that we know the bullpen to work 
in baseball at this point in its history, which is these guys are good for three years tops, and then you need to go get a new group of guys. So it's totally fine for your bullpen to get roughed up. I mean, frankly, most of these starting pitchers, it's fine for them to get roughed up too, just being kind of blunt about it. There's no problem with Spencer Watkins getting his ass kicked. I know we all got, you know, allowed ourselves to dream a little bit after Spencer Watkins' first couple of starts, but let's be realistic. There's no world in which Spencer Watkins is likely to be a thing. So this is this is fine. They're three games back of the Diamondbacks at this point. Um, I had somebody check in. I think it was Adid who checked in with me this morning because uh, uh, RDT and I were going back and forth about Elijah Green a little bit last night. And Adit reminded me that the 34% strikeout rate for Elijah Green says you got to stay away from that guy's number one pick. I mean, I hear you. That's not, it's not a great number. I'm not disagreeing with that. And every time you read about Elijah Green, you you have that thrown in your face that he's got a swing and miss problem. But when somebody is thought to be so talented that everyone is willing to see past that, that says a lot. Now, we have felt the last five years, the guy that we all thought was going to be the number one pick the year before the draft very rarely was the number one pick by the time we got to the draft. Well, Bobby Witt turned out all right. He turned out all right, but he wasn't the number one pick. I get it. He wasn't. The, the guy that was the consensus guy the year before did not end up being the guy a year later. So I'm not even telling you that it's Elijah Green. Also, the Royals want a number one pick for what it's worth. What's that? Royals figure unlikely to have number one pick anyway. Well, they're only three games back. The Diamondbacks have won some games. Well, the Orioles have lost. They've the lost five straight. I don't know how many they won in this. Because they were further than three back they, before. They were further, but it's not like they, they're within three games. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I don't care how you feel about Elijah Green. I'd rather have the number one pick. I'd rather. The point is that I want to have the choice of everybody. Also, it's about all of it. As much all money as you can possibly it. have yes. to do all the things you want I, to do. I want the Orioles to have the number one pick in the draft because they're not good, and winning games doesn't help. So to me, this was mostly a good weekend. Austin Hayes looked had some moments, you know. There were good things against righties. I I do. I wasn't paying that close of attention, Kyle. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't tell you that. But mostly, mostly a good weekend. And then, um, really quickly before we get to uh, Sean Burke, uh, I, I happened, you know, of all the like true icons of sport that like I can say I had a lot of conversations with. Bobby Bowden is probably quite high on that list. Um, Bobby Bowden. Kind of epitomized the old ball coach. Oh, 100% epitomized the old ball coach, but quite randomly was one of the most accessible people in all of sports. I, unless, for whatever reason, he just really liked us, and I don't think that was the case. Very, I think, very few people that was the case. Yeah, it's no doubt about that. I, I think he's just that accessible. Bobby Bowden was a regular with Drew and I. Like, when I first got back to Baltimore, I remember saying to Drew, like, you know, do you want to, do you want to try to reach out to, like, the coaches of – teams that Maryland's going to play and like you know it's Maryland football so it's a tough sell and he was like I guess I mean if we can get Bobby Bowden I'd take him and sure enough the first time we got Bobby Bowden and I was like I just asked and they were like absolutely we'll put Bobby Bowden on with you and that continued that every year when Maryland play Florida State Bobby Bowden would come on with us um, when Anquan Bolden announced his retirement a couple years ago I said Kyle just call Bobby Bowden well, Florida State's no Nebraska, you know? Yeah, Nebraska basketball. Right, Nebraska right. ball, if yeah. you will. Can't always get but the top ones. Bobby Bowden was a regular, and we really – Drew and I would get a kick out of, you know, some of the Bowdenisms. Like, we would keep a running tally of daggums uh, when we were talking to Bobby Bowden. 
Um, I, I, I greatly enjoyed our conversations with Bobby Bowden. Yes, very much an old ball coach. I'm sure there's plenty of thoughts that he had about college athletics that maybe didn't line up with the way that I feel, but I, but I greatly enjoyed my conversations with Bobby Bowden over the years. It was someone who truly was an icon and went out of his way to, to, to talk, went out of his way to make time and to have conversations, and I appreciated that. Terrible recruiter, though. Yeah, could boy could just not get really any talent whatsoever. None. Never able to find any good players whatsoever. Of course, his coaching tree is significant now with Deion Sanders at Jackson State. Finally, right? it's a recognition. Yeah, finally, yeah. one of those guys. Uh, it's safe, Coach Sanders to you, but thank you. It's a good point. Safe home by what is dumb bit that's become. <laughs> what an awfully dumb bit. Like there are guys that I try to refer to as coach, but like if I don't, I don't. Life goes on. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Like there's no. That's such a bad bit. Uh, safe home, Bobby Bowden. Safe home to him, um, and what a remarkable uh, career and, and life for the uh, the legendary former Florida State coach. All right. Uh, had to do this a little bit earlier because of his schedule in, uh, in starting his professional baseball career, but an opportunity to catch up with a uh, former Terp who went very early, third round of the MLB draft, Sean Burke, right now here on Glenn Clark Radio. Well, our next guest here on Glenn Clark Radio is a man who is now a professional baseball player. Before that, he was a Terp. He was at the University of Maryland where he was a hell of a pitcher. And uh, he heard his name called pretty early on in the draft. And he has begun his professional journey by getting with the Chicago White Sox. He is Sean Burke, and he joins us now here on GCR. Sean it's uh, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us, and uh, congratulations on being a Chicago White Sox. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks it's for me on. it's really great to chat with you, dude. If you could just take me through, man, like the last year, how, how I would I want to say like how nice was it to have Maryland back in the NCAA tournament? But I guess the first question was like how nice was it just to be able to play baseball again? <laughs> yeah, no, that was definitely nice, um, especially with me. So I missed my freshman year too, dude. I was rehabbing. I had Tommy John surgery going into my freshman year, so I didn't get to play my freshman year either. And then obviously coming back with the COVID year, you know, you're excited to finally get back on the field. And you know, it's cut short. You make four starts, and then the summer gets canceled. So but I think that that you hit it right there. I think first and foremost, we were just excited to play again this spring. And then you know, everything that happened on top of that was just a big bonus. You're obviously an incredibly talented player. Was there anything at all that you, you know, talking about all that stuff that you had been through, was there anything at all that you were worried about going into this year that you were like, you know, I just need to, I need to show myself again that I'm, I'm okay doing this or, you know, facing this. Was there anything at all that you were nervous about going into this season? No, no, honestly, no. I felt really prepared going into the season. I thought that from a skill set and a, like a body mental, um, physical perspective i felt like i was in a really good spot headed into the season so you know for me from the start it was all about just kind of going out there and trusting my stuff and believing in myself and my teammates and knowing that if we did what we needed to do we're going to be in a good spot at the end of the day being a friday starter in college baseball um you know again especially given everything you had been through how much did just getting that nod mean to you, and how significant was it for you to say okay i'm the guy i'm the one Mm -hmm. who has to set the table every weekend it's awesome. You know, I, I love that role. I think that um, having your your teammates and your coaches believe in, in me, and you know, allowing or letting them allow me to to take over that role and really embrace that as like kind of the table setter, like you said, is you know something I really took pride in. 
you, does it give you more of a confidence going into a professional career? You know, not to say that other guys aren't prepared, but mm-hmm. you know, like having not just pitched collegiately, but pitched on Friday night against the best pitchers against high level competition. Does it mm-hmm. make you feel like you're already maybe in an elevated or advanced place as you begin your pro career? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that, uh, you get a lot of people that, you know, are coming from different schools or coming from all over. So I think that, you know, being able to come from where I came from puts me, I think definitely at a, a little bit of an advantage going into it just because I'm kind of used to the competition and know what I'm kind of expecting going forward, I guess. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sean Burke is with us. He's with the White Sox now, former Terp. Sean, did, did you know, um, like at some point during the season or maybe even before the season, was it already in your mind like, I, th- this is it for me, this is going to be – um, you know, I, I want to do everything I can this year. I know I'm going to be a pro. Or did that evolve at some point, your way of thinking? Did you need to go at a certain point in the draft mm-hmm. for that to be the way that you're going to end up having things play out? Mm-hmm. So heading into this year, I, I knew and I had a pretty good idea that this was this is the year I wanted to, to go start my pro career. Okay. And, you know, obviously at some point, you know, I know the, the MLB draft works a little bit different than most other drafts where – you know, a lot of signability questions come into play during the draft. And, you know, with the COVID year and then me missing my freshman year, I had so much eligibility left that, you know, it wasn't going to be a thing where, yeah, I'm going to go for, you know, wherever I'm picked. It was more of a thing where we, you know, we talked it over with my family, my agent, and I. Uh, we had some conversations leading up to the draft about, you know, what our game plan would be going in. And uh, we were fortunate enough to, to get the result and, you know, get the situation we wanted to. But, it was a little bit of a stressful, you know, week, week and a half leading up to it and going to the draft, but I'm, I'm glad it, it worked out how it did. Is it at all difficult, like, having to lie, Sean? <laughs> like, you know, you have to, you know, in your heart of hearts, I, I never get to talk to guys about things like this because every time we talk to them, it's typically before they've signed, right? So they, they have mm-hmm. to play, like, well, you know, I'm still thinking about it. You know in your heart what you're going to do and, like, what you want to do, but yet you can't yeah. you can't give that away. Is that at all tough yeah. to play coy like that? <laughs> It's it's a little bit different. It's a little bit difficult, obviously. I I usually just anytime you know a scout or somebody would call me and, and you know get into a conversation like that, I usually just direct them to my agent. So you know <laughs> he'll handle all that talk. I'm just I'm just here to play baseball. Right. But yeah, it was um yeah. You definitely need to get used to it a little bit. I right. Guess. You want to ask me about a curveball? We'll talk. You want to ask me yeah, about any of exactly. that stuff, dude? Please just leave me alone. And mm. <laughs> I don't want anything yeah. to do with it. Um, you know, Sean, it's interesting to me too, because like you end up, you, you sort of end up missing out on the NIL opportunity, but I, I know you, you jumped on board with Barstool and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess let me, let me go through two, two fronts. Did the NIL thing make you think at all about your decision? Um, even mm-hmm. a little bit, did it, did you, do you think it might be something that impacts guys moving forward about decisions that they make? Um, mm-hmm. and then on top of the, I guess let's just start with that. And then I want to get to the barstool thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I guess starting with NIL, um, for me, that wasn't really something I, I really weighed in on. Okay. And, you know, determining whether I'd be going back to school or not. Um, but I definitely think for other guys and I think especially in other sports too, you know, you've seen even like right now, these football guys making, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year doing that stuff, you know, some of the big time names. So I think for um, a recruiting advantage, even that would be a big thing, you know, showing players, showing, you know, whether it be incoming high school guys or transfers, you know, what these guys, their program making for money off that. Um, 
I think, like I said, too, with the, with the MLB draft, you know, you get guys that are some bigger names out of high school and that for them, you know, obviously those guys will have a chance to make a lot of money in the draft, but it's like a thing where, you know, if they are kind of in between about it and want to go to school, it's like sure. you, know, you have a good opportunity to make money there as well. And I get the part of it for baseball players. I, I guess, one, are you alleging that University of Maryland baseball players aren't in seven-figure demand? That's insane. I don't believe you, Sean Burke. But I, I think part of it, too, with, with baseball players is like, you know, it's you got to go through the grind of the minor leagues in order to make it there. It's yeah. not like... You know, you, you know, if you if you stay for four years, you're now putting yourself in an elevated age. By the time you get there, it's it's just a little mm-hmm. bit different than it is for other guys. Yes, no, hundred percent. I think that's when it comes down to kind of you just determining what you know what you think is going to be the best fit for you and what you're what you want out of your career path. And you know, that's different for everybody. So, um, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, you know, that's that's your decision and your family's decision. And you know, it may work for some people, it may sure. not work. So, you okay. Know, so then signing up to be a Barstool athlete, because if I remember correctly, when this all started, they didn't even really know what that meant. They just wanted to get involved. Yeah. They were like, do you want to be a Barstool athlete? Tell me about you and why it was something that you want to get involved with. And do you know really like what it means other than being able to say, I'm, I'm a Barstool athlete moving forward? <laughs> I want to be honest. I, I don't really know what it means other than that. Um, I respect I that. It's funny that, that like till the day that started happening, um, my roommate at school actually, you know, it was going off and everybody was kind of just like, you know, tweeting at Dave or, you know, DMing him or stuff like that. And my roommate DM'd him and he just happened to answer my roommate like kind of randomly. Um, so my roommate was like one of the, you know, first, you know, he was like the fifth or sixth person that he okay. even, like, kind of posted for it. And he, you know, he called me right away after that happened. He's like, yo, like, look at this. Sent me a screenshot of the, of the text. And I was like, dude, like, you got a name drop it. Like, tell him I'm, I'm interested. So I DM Dave too, and then I guess you know he told him to go check my thing out, and then Dave ended up getting back to me, and then you know that whole thing happened where he was able to you know sort of me posted me on his stuff and whatever it was, but um, yeah, other than that, I don't really know <laughs> if there's much real substance to it at this point. I think he's starting to kind of do some more stuff with different merchandise uh, and stuff like that through their website and get letting guys get a percentage of the sales. Okay, uh, but I think. As of now, that's really all it's amounting to. So. It, but if nothing else, I guess it, we'll, it, we'll see in the future. It did get you a little rub, right? Like it got you some tweets. Oh, it got you a little, you know, probably a few followers out of that. Like uh, that can't be the, yeah, the yeah. worst thing in the world. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think Dave put me on his Instagram story, and I had added you know a hundred or two hundred followers that night. So. Wasn't, wasn't the worst thing. Man, man, I know you're going to be in this <laughs> this realm at some point because you're going to be a frontline pitcher in Major League Baseball, but I just can't fathom having be having the power to just say, here's a picture of a guy, and that gets somebody 200 followers. Like, yeah. that is remarkable power. I know. No, man, that's incredible. Uh, Sean Burke is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Sean, so, so now as you, you make this jump, and I know you're out there in Arizona and starting your pro career, Mm-hmm. I guess for for people that don't know you, the pitcher and all of the success that you had, how do you describe yourself as a competitor and what it is that you're going to bring to the table now as a pro? Mm-hmm. I think first and foremost, I'm, I'm just someone who wants to win. You know, that's been something that's been a staple for me my entire life. I've been on a lot of successful teams. I've won, you know, many many championships. I won a state championship in high school, and that's just something I've always been a part of and that's something I look to continue to do as I as I start my pro career you you know are there priorities for you are there things for as much success as you've had 
are there things that you know, hey, these are my priorities? I, for a lot, you know, I know that part of it is like just stockpiling reps and, and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff, but are there any specific priorities for you as a pitcher that you want to accomplish as you, you move along in your pro career? I think for me right now, it's just I'm just trying to be as consistent as possible with the stuff I have and, you know, over the next few years, however long it may take to, you know, to make it to the big leagues and when I'm ready and I want to get the shot. And from there, like I said, I just want to win. You know, that's my big thing is, um, you know, if I can be a successful pitcher and win at the big league level, that's going to be, you know, something that will fulfill me. What, what did it mean to you? And, you know, I, I referenced, you know, I started by saying getting Maryland back to the tournament, but obviously there were other mm-hmm. things that were more important. But what did that mean to you? This was a program that, you know, a few years back and probably when you were making your decision, you were reflecting mm-hmm. on a lot of the success that they had. Um, what did it mean to you to be part of a team that sort of, you know, maybe maybe write, wrote, rewrote the ship or whatever the, the mm-hmm. phrase is that we're thinking about to, to get Maryland back to where it was supposed to be? Um, it was awesome. I thought that going into this year, we had kind of like we, we were all pretty close in the team. and We knew that this year was going to be the year that we were going to be able to do something special with it. And, um, you know, I think everybody saw the talent level on our team was pretty remarkable. So, you know, for us, it was just, you know, like I said, sticking to what we know, sticking to what we were doing well and just trying to be consistent every day. Because I think we started off a little bit shaky. And then as the season went on, we kind of found our groove. So, you know, for us, it was just about you know, trusting what we're doing and continuing on that right foot. Obviously, you came from a different place because you're one of the few people, like, it might have actually been warmer in Maryland than where you're from in Massachusetts. Yeah. But, uh-huh. you know, a lot of people look at Maryland and look at cold-weather places. Well, they'll never be able to have great success, right? Like, it's a warm-weather mm-hmm. sport. You know, it's a, it's a sport. That's why, you know, typically it's teams from the south um, and the west that are always winning championships. It's just the nature mm-hmm. of it. What what would you tell people about Maryland and the ability to go there and compete and do all of the things that you want to do in pursuing a professional career? Mm -hmm. I think once you get to a certain point, you know, like you said, it's it's a power five school and it's a place where, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to develop and you're going to have an opportunity to grow and and play baseball at the highest level. Um, And I think that's really all you can ask for at that point. And, you know, like like you saw this year, we have talent, we're bringing in more talent. And, you know, I think what Coach Ron's doing over there is, you know, building a, a program to last. And I think that, you know, you'll see in the future, in the next couple of years, that they'll, he'll keep putting out good teams. I mean, that's, that's what we're hoping to see. And, by the way, all you can do is go become, like, one of the best players in all of professional baseball, like Brandon Lau is. You know, like, that's, yeah, that's all you're exactly. capable of accomplishing if you end up at uh-huh. the University of Maryland. Um, Sean, before I let you go, man, what do we need to know about you? Like, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about when, when baseball's not happening. What's in, what's in your world when you get, like, a day mm-hmm. just to spend some time out in Arizona? Day what are you up to? Yeah. Um, I mean, out in Arizona, we're kind of, we've only been here for two weeks or so, so we're kind of just getting used to the area, you know, going around and, and seeing what's new, but, um, you know, at home, I'm, I'm kind of a simple guy. Honestly. I like to play sports. I like to play pickup basketball. Um, I like to play video games. I kind of picked up surfing this past summer, too. Oh, wow. So that's cool. That's something I got into a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing crazy. Like, you're not going to be, like, in the Olympics at some point. As, as no, no, definitely here. nothing like that. Those people are nuts, man. Like, they're insane. And just dealing, like, how are you, you know, it's it, we, we talk about you came from Massachusetts and Maryland. It's only about 127 degrees in Phoenix these days, right? Like, oh, it's, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's, a, it's a lot hotter than back home. But God, I, I like it, though. I'm getting used to it, so it, it's been All right. fun. All right, that's cool. Hey, give Sean a follow. It's at Top Shelf Berkey. Uh, B-U-R-K-E-Y on Twitter. And then what about on Instagram, Sean? Where can people follow you there? 
Uh, it's S.M. Berkey, so same thing. S.M. Berkey, give him a follow there as well. Hey, Sean, yep. best of luck to you as, as you move forward. We're going to look forward to catching up with you as uh, you make the jump and head towards the major leagues. It was an awful lot of fun to watch you pitch this season, man, and everything yes, the team sir. accomplished. Thank, Thank you for taking you. the time for us. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's Sean Burke, former Terp. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us as uh, he gets his pro career underway with the Chicago White Sox. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation, 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, no interest for two full years, 24 months. That's an unbelievable offer. You get everything. You don't pay for it. You don't deal with it for two years, unless you want to, right? Obviously, you'd have the choice. And when you do pay for it, you're only paying for half of what you got to begin with. There's no catch. It's insane. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Um, Bradley Bozeman left the field today. John Harbaugh says he doesn't expect him to miss uh, much time. Just it was a strain. Sorts, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that, is, uh, that is good Preferable news. Preferable to the yep, alternate. News. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Bradley Bozeman. Zeitler has an ankle thing as well, but he's going to be out a couple days. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, th- th- those guys do not need to be out there for the Saints game. That really for any of these things, like I mean, I I shit, I I think Bozeman a little bit more just because you know that, yes. you want him working with Lamar mm-hmm. specifically a bit. Sure. You want him to get whether that's Lamar's now, hand on does his that mean you want right? Do you want more games with Lamar? Not necessarily, right? Because it's just not something that I necessarily want to see him doing in the preseason. Also, by the way, I don't know that, but any sort of strain would. Hibbit one. Yes, yeah, some going back out of the field and and, and, yes. and doing some right. snap reps, sure, something along those lines. Um, so yeah, that's that's all. It's just you want those two to have time together. That's really all the concern is. Speaking about Bradley Bozeman, by the way, um, our friends of Great Eights Memorabilia are hope are hosting a kickoff party on September 9th at Twain's Tavern with Bradley Bozeman. Perhaps you've heard of him. You can go right now. The tickets for the uh, event are just 25 bucks. Include your VIP meet and greet with Bradley Bozeman, and the money goes to benefit the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, which we know, you know, we feel quite strongly about around these parts. You can go to grade8smemorabilia.com to get your tickets, and while you're there, find out a little bit more about the Purple Takeover coming to the Maryland State Fair with uh, 10 current, future, and former Baltimore football stars, including. Hollywood Brown, Ronnie Stanley, Lenny Moore, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, etc. Again, find out more. Great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight. Great8smemorabilia.com. A bunch of things on my list that I wanted to get to. Uh, we're going to get the young Utes here in a second. Um, you know, it takes a lot for me. By the way, the, the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies are this weekend. It, that's Unless there's a player involved that I particularly care about, I those things will never be for me. Ray Lewis's name was mentioned. Great, wonderful. When Ray Lewis went in, I watched his speech. It didn't really do any, you know, All but I watched hours it. Of yes, it. oh, no doubt. Um, when Ed Reed went in, I I watched that. When Jonathan Ogden went in, I went in, watched that. I, otherwise, I'm you're not going to get me to watch the, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. It's just not my. It's not for me. It's not my thing. Um, I, I had a couple people reach out to me about next year's Hall of Fame. We did this. Normally, we do these things a little, little bit before everybody else does. We we had this conversation back in January. After this Hall of Fame class was announced, we had this conversation. Next year is the Devin Hester, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden year. 
as far as first-year eligibles are concerned. How do you feel about the Hester thing? I, I think it's an absolute... No-brainer? I, I can't believe there would even... Everybody keeps saying there's no obvious first-year must on that list. I'm like, in what world is Devin Hester not that guy? I don't know. I guess it's just it's like maybe in, not fair to... In, in, unless you're at a place where you just say, I, I never think... can't be a, take uh, precedent over a... And, and you know what? If, and I kind of feel that way for what it's worth. If that's the case, that's the case, I'm fine. Like... If you want to say we feel more inclined to get Steve Smith and Anquan Bolden into the Hall of Fame than we do Devin Hester because he's a specialist, I'm not going to be angry about that whatsoever. But we're, what we're doing is essentially saying... Yeah, that they're not as important. Well, there is no standard for specialist. You can't... You, if you're a specialist, you can never... Has anybody never, ever made it as a As a returner? first year? As, oh, as a kick returner alone? Yeah. No. No, not as a kick returner alone. Yeah. Um, if what you're saying is no specialist can ever be this, this is just the nature of being a specialist, I'll... I don't know that they can't be it. I don't know, but the first ballot aspect, but the that's, idea that's that... But that's the point. The first year, yeah. th- but there are other specialists that are in the Hall of Fame. You know, right. Morton Anderson's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Ray Guy is in the Hall of Fame. But returners are there. No, not returners, but there are other specialists yes. that are in the Hall of Fame. And I'm not... I'm lumping them all in together. Sure. I'm, I'm not going to separate that... If we're basing it on... You're not on the field all that much. That's fine. Then you're comparing him to the other guys that aren't on the field all that much. And there are special. We've already said specialists can get into the Hall of Fame. Sure. It's a very high standard for getting into the Hall of Fame. We are all assuming that Adam Vinatieri is going to join them, mm-hmm. and we here think that Justin Tucker should. He's on the path. And he certainly there is that conversation is going to exist. Sure. But there have been really good kickers that, that haven't gotten into the Hall of Fame for what it's worth. Um. In, in to my mind, if if these guys can get into the Hall of Fame, there's no debate about Devin Hester. There's no if you can if a specialist can get into the Hall of Fame, there is no question about Devin Hester. He is of course a Hall of Fame. Well, if any specialist is but deserving, if, then it's him, right? But what if you're spe- if what you're specifically saying is we feel as though the logjam is too significant in other places, and we must get some of these guys in before we're willing to put Did Devin Isaac Hester Bruce in? Get in yet? Yeah, Isaac Bruce got in over the weekend. Okay, good. But Tory Holt, for example, right. still isn't right. Like if if that's what your argument is, is like we, we 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 believe that Devin Hester is a Hall of Famer, but we are more hell bent on Tory Holt getting in now than Devin Hester getting in. I'll hear you. Or one of Steve Smith or Anquan Bolden, right? The I will never in my life understand the Steve Smith Anquan. The people that have decided that Steve Smith is definitely Hall of Famer, but Anquan Bolden isn't, because the only thing that exists numbers wise is the exact opposite of that. The only argument that could be made is that Anquan Bolden would definitely be the better candidate than Steve Smith would be. Now, I have no problem. Which is everyone has Steve Smith further in their mind because, because of he his was attitude. more bombastic. Yes. Because he got he demanded Correct. more attention. There is nothing about Steve Smith, the football player, that says that he's more deserving. You might say Anquan Bolden's arguably tougher. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no question about that. Um, Somebody attempted to use, well, Steve Smith finished with more career yards than Anquan Bolden did. Yes, because he, he, he lingered around a little bit longer than Anquan Bolden did. But go back and look over averages per game, per season. Per, there, there's no world. Steve Super Smith Bowls. was never a more productive player than Anquan Bolden was. The one 1,400-yard year. He had that one right. monster season. Yes, correct. Um, that, that, sorry. Was, was not a more productive player by any measurement than Anquan Bolden was. Now, the next thing that comes along when you have this conversation is, well, yeah, but that's because he didn't have Larry Fitzgerald lined up next to him. That's the knock. The knock becomes, 
somehow Steve Smith is more deserving because Anquan Bolden got to play with Larry Anquan Fitzgerald. Anquan wasn't the best receiver on his team a lot of the time. For, for a while. For a good amount yeah, of time as well. For, he spent a good bit of his career in Buffalo, probably. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, sure, fine. Yeah, right. God, I almost forgot that was a thing. Um, look, man, I, 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 every time you have this conversation, it sounds like you're knocking Steve Smith, so I don't like doing that. I have no problem with the idea that Steve Smith could be in the Hall of Fame. That doesn't I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think it's a little weird the way that but, that, that that receivers were once put on the back burner for Hall of Fame consideration, right? And now it feels like yes, if, the most recent generation of receivers. The, the idea that if Steve Smith is a first ballot guy and Terrell Owens wasn't, that's right. a joke. I mean, that's a joke. It's an utter joke. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody would say, but isn't that a good thing that we've revisited the way that we look at wide receivers and we've made progress? Maybe, maybe. Like, maybe you can say that. There's been no real but, admission of it being problematic before, though, right? There's been no real talk about how, guys, we maybe... Yeah, we screwed up, right? right? Like, maybe like, we've been we thinking to, about we have this to revisit wrong. It. Well, not a public admission, but... Maybe they've been doing it internally it's and then the rooms where they're voting it's, guys in. But totally again, that possible. would probably mean that Tory Holt should be in first. I don't necessarily disagree with that. And again, of the two, to me, if Steve Smith were to get in in year one and Anquan Bolton doesn't, that doesn't fly with me. And in, 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 even if it's not year one, if Steve Smith gets in in year three and Anquan Bolton doesn't, that doesn't fly with me. Anquan Bolton was absolutely the better and more productive of the two players, which doesn't mean Steve Smith isn't a Hall of Famer or couldn't be a Hall of Famer. It's that we have a direct comparison, and yes, I'm probably a bit more partial because I did get to see both of these players. There is no measurement outside of my gut tells me because we paid more attention to Steve Smith. Look, I, res- I have both players were tremendous receivers, arguably against the odds, right? Anquan Bolden, sure. second rounder, 473, no 40, all of that. Steve no Smith doubt. more so, maybe, with the odds being stacked against him as a former return specialist yep. and a five-foot-eight well, outside receiver. His career was receiver. remarkable. And again, might, might very well. I, I have no problem, no quarrel with Steve Smith Hall of Famer at all. No quarrel with that. I, I do would say I absolutely, my gut tells me Tory Holt is more deserving and get him in first. Mm-hmm. But I have no problem with Steve Smith Holt. I'm not knocking Steve Smith in any way. I'm saying go look at everything the two accomplished and then report back to me on which, in what way Steve Smith is more deserving than Anquan Bolton. Better catchphrases. Thank you. Definitely makes you more deserving of the Hall of Fame. That's, that's all I'm saying about it. Go actually look at their careers and then come back and tell me how Steve Smith is that guy. And the best somebody can come up with was is well he had to be you know he had to be the top dog for a team. He had to carry a team. And Anquan Bolton never really had to carry a team except for the time he basically carried a team to a Super Bowl. You know, other than that. He had a pretty bad postseason though. Yeah, it was te- just yeah. real re- huge letdown yeah. when the games mattered the most. Really just fell apart. All right, when we come back in, we'll get to two Utes. Jack's here. We'll talk about that. Today's show also brought to you by the BMW Championship. They're coming. The top 70 golfers on the PGA Tour will be here at Caves Valley Golf Club for the BMW Championship later this month. Get your tickets right now by going to bmwchampionship.com. And you still have time. If you haven't registered yet, I genuinely have no idea what you're doing with your life, but uh, I would encourage you to get in quick because the contest ends on Thursday at 4 o'clock. Go to pressboxonline.com slash contests. 
register to win grand prize two club passes for the 1899 club on Friday, August 27th. It's an all-inclusive hospitality venue located on the 11th hole. These tickets include grounds access for the tournament, plus in the club, unlimited food, beer, wine, and soft drinks, plus stadium-style seating and a shaded area available to provide you some comfort throughout the day. If you don't win that, four of you are still going to win a pair of grounds tickets to one day of the tournament. Pressboxonline.com slash contests to get in and register to win your tickets for the BMW Championship. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Press Box Studios. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po' boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams' summer ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but Alright, back in here on GCR. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube Service Center. Ask for Mobile One. As expected, Lamar Jackson says not much of anything at all in meeting with the media. Says he'll continue to follow protocol, but you're not going to believe what he said uh, the vaccination was. You're never going to. Impersonal question. It's, you're so close. Oh. It's a personal decision. Ooh. That's what he said. I can't one. believe. You know what else is a per- personal decision? Whether I get in my car and go drive into a, a bunch of human beings walking down the road today. That's a personal decision, Kyle. Yeah, it is. I, I, it's, For clean underwear. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you if I'm going to do that or not today. It's a personal decision, which, again, doesn't mean that we throw Lamar Jackson in jail because he's not getting vaccinated. It just means that saying something is a personal decision doesn't actually mean anything. It's Somebody hogwash. Somebody else asked this, but who was the first person to say that? I think it was... Was it Cole? Probably was. I mean, Dr. it seems Beasley. like he's been the first to, to get on top of everything. Look, I'm not... I don't really want to go too much further on this, but yes. Uh, no real answer from Lamar. He said he would uh, continue to talk to team doctors uh, about everything. What if I was going through the science? It seems like a good... Yeah, correct. We're going to follow the science. Yeah. It seems like a good thing to do to talk to the team doctors. Hopefully the team doctors are saying... Hey, dude! Probably a good idea to get vaccinated. Uh, hopefully that's the case. But yes, not not much of all uh, at all being said by Lamar Jackson today. You know, he was pissed when he got it the first time. He was. Yeah. He was. Said this was similar. Dealt with some symptoms. I mean, I, I, I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, worse, yes. I'm glad he's okay. He's playing with fire. Yep, that's all that matters. Well, it's not all that matters, but it's the biggest thing that yes. matters. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> It's time for Young Utes. Young Utes is brought to you by Sports and Social MD. You're thinking about where you're going to have your fantasy football draft. I bet you'd have a better time if you did it at Sports and Social at Live Casino Hotel. They've got an amazing fantasy football draft package available for you, starting at $250. Your draft board, space for 12 people, two platters of 24 wings, Four towers of beer. Towers of beer. Four towers. Forty-eight wings of also. Beer. Yes, that is two platters of yes. twenty-four wings. Does equal out to forty-eight. Yes. That's I. You I don't, don't even have to share. Them. You I, can just eat them all yourself. It's true. If you would just like to have right. forty-eight wings, I guess you could. I mean, if it's got space for for twenty-four people or for twelve people, you could just go and say, "I'll take all that space as well." That is an option. Uh, you can make it butter Bud Light uh, on that Towers of Beer. Three orders of nachos with guacamole. Again, you do not have Correct. to share them. You can. You don't have to. And more, plus some dynamic pricing available if you want like a model to host the draft, if you want a massage chair, any of those things, all available. What I would do if I were you is I would email events at sportssocialmd.com. Events at sportssocialmd.com. And find out more about their fantasy football draft packages, the one that works best for your league events at sportssocialmd.com. 
Jack, it's your final week. Um, what have you prepared for the talent show that we do on Friday to wrap up summer camp? I won't be here Friday, so make it Thursday. Got to come up with some. I'm ideas sorry, there. it's going to be on Friday. Well, where's That's the honey? The, the also, where's our honey gummies? Yeah, yeah. What happened to those? I wasn't here on Friday. You well, know, you could maybe do both things. You could both make that your talent. Correct. Making the honey gummies, and then we you wouldn't have to, to do a little cooler. You know, instead of doing your stand up routine. You know, every every year when summer camp ends, everybody does a talent show to wrap up summer camp. That's what we do. So. We need you to prepare your talent for Friday. All right. Do you have a, a, a secret talent? Do you have something no, that you're particularly good at? Nothing crazy, I don't think. All right, unless, well, then unless I, I can find Better start working. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would learn one, or I would prepare those gummies, and hopefully <laughs> they're good enough for us. Hopefully hope we so. say that's the case. All right, what you got for Young Utes? Um, so I got for the first thing is um, it's actually about the USA basketball team, so congrats. They, they, did, wish, win. they did win they, gold. They, tri- they tried to screw it up. Yeah, they did. Boy, it was that unwatchable <laughs> basketball game on Friday night. That was really bad. Um, so... They finally did it. They won gold, but they finally, finally did, did it. it. They <laughs> done it. It's been so long, yeah. you know. Yeah. They've won every gold since 2004. No, I'm they, they, not they, everyone. They, yeah, no, since 2004. They won, won bronze in that one year. In 2004, they well, won every gold since 2004. We disagree. So, it's <laughs> a weird bit we're doing here. Um, so it felt like this team actually probably had more scrutiny and everybody looking at them just because like they lost the first couple games. They did lose some games. They lost three yeah. between yeah. between two warm ups and a game at the, the Olympics. Exhibition and the opening ones. So clearly for for the deservingly they yes. were going to be talked about in a sort of negative way. And then even after winning the uh, the gold medal, Kendrick Perkins was kind of because he's actually been like a big um, yeah, everybody on Twitter was for, really getting after Kendrick Perkins. I yeah. can find him sometimes unlistenable. He's I, I don't, I don't representative know. of some of the things you were talking about earlier. I okay, feel like right. yeah. if you say so, I don't know. Um, so he was kind of taking like a little subtle jabs at the uh, the USA team, and he came out. He said it in a, in a tweet. He said that international players are now dominating the NBA, and it was kind of more or less directed. Strictly to uh, to Luca and like the top four or five guys in the NBA. It's really just Luca for us. It's like Luca and Giannis. Giannis, but he was quite international. He wasn't in the Olympics, but he's an international player. Yeah, agree to disagree. Do you know who the MVP of the NBA was this year? Uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, (laughs) like he might have a point. Yes, I think he. So he does, but in terms of I'm not telling you, I I like Kendrick Perkins, but let's be fair about this. I would say that they are. They have there's uh, maybe more than there were before when it was only Dirk, perhaps. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I I don't I don't have a baseline for comparing it, but we're talking about like three of say maybe the top ten or fifteen. Definitely the top ten. I want to say. I mean, if we're you okay, Durant, Curry, LeBron are very much still in that conversation. There's no doubt about that. Harden is probably still I, top 10. I don't... Maybe he's still top, top 10. Top 10 maybe. is probably a yeah, like maybe wide enough to say. Anthony Davis is... Yeah, I'd still probably give you Anthony Davis. I'd still probably do that. And I'd still Russell probably Westbrook. give you Kawhi. Like, I'd still... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Ray for Alston. Yeah, Ray for Alston. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Dude, I think that there's more of a point there than we want to acknowledge. I, it's not overwhelming. It's not as if international players... It's now only international players or something along those lines. But the idea that inter- international players, there are definitely some international players that are dominating the NBA. There's sure. no question about that what whatsoever. Happened to, what happened to Chris Stapps? Yeah, I don't really know what happened. Well, there was the allegations. Some injuries. But that doesn't mean that he can't play basketball well. I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Does Whatever. it mean that? I don't. I'm, I hope I'll never know what that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I never know. 
Um, so yeah. So anyway, that kind of that kind of the whole thing going back to yeah. Kendrick Perkins, it kind of it, it pissed off uh, Draymond and Kevin Durant, specifically the two of them. They kind of went on. Well, and I saw I saw Kevin Durant doing like a post game, like a live video, kind yeah, of thing, just talking like, to himself about. He, all he kept thing. saying is, "I'm talking my s." Yeah. Like I was like, "Okay, win gold and play very well." Sure, yeah, go for I mean, it. Might as well. He's Kevin Show Durant though. Like he's good. He's all right. He's all right. Um, but so then, is it about Perkins or is it about the USA winning or all of the above? No, so it was more about them responding to Kendrick Perkins, and then it became a imagine a, a Kendrick Twitter. Perkins living that much in your head. Yeah. Right <laughs> way, like, and then it became a like a back and forth thing between Draymond because I guess he's pretty outspoken on. Is he? Yeah, yeah, it seems um, very unlike him. Never known that. Yeah, sure. so it, it, the whole thing on that, like, yeah, there are definitely international players that are making. A very big impact in the NBA, but when you really boil it down, it doesn't seem like if you if you stacked up the international players in terms of the American players, it, America still is dominant in the sport of basketball. I mean, like they're both. There, there's 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 like you want to say they're both a handful. Do the high level, the top, the top ten. If you're going to do the better top, for international than top well, but 30, I, but probably. This is this is a difficult question to judge. Yeah, if exactly. ever, if all of the international players were able to play on the same team against all of the American players in a competition, I don't know who I would think would have the advantage in that. The problem is Jokic is so slow. <laughs> well, I mean, sure, he's slow. <laughs> you have him slow. running along with the honest. It's going to be a little awkward. I, but I don't know. I don't know. I think I would take the USA team on that one. I, I, I don't. I mean, numbers and volume, I probably would. Part as well. of it would depend on who's playing, right? Like, is if it, you had the best, if to it, choose is from. it right? Like, does Steph yeah. play? Does LeBron yeah. play? Well, I think right? that's what we're like, talking about here. Is if you're taking yeah, the best yeah. of the best, then yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and the USA team's probably deeper. Like, their yeah. worst players is better. I would say that you could put together a pretty solid starting five. Right. Of the international guys, but beyond that, the depth would be. I disagree thinner. with you on you that. You can get like I eight or nine. I, I think. think on the my, I think that my point of it being top like if we, ten. If, we, you if what you want to say is that the USA team would be able to have Devin Booker coming off the bench and the international Clay team Thompson would, or, yeah, yeah, they probably yeah. would. Have, yeah. So uh, all right, I'll listen. Yeah. I'll yeah. Listen. So, but like the top thirty is still eighty percent USA players. I would have to think. What's that? The top thirty players in the NBA are probably still close to eighty percent USA players. I mean, I I didn't think about that. Yeah, maybe beyond se- the three that 70s, we talked about 80s. is the top ten for international. I think I we also forget like ones. some guys are from Canada. Like I think we forget Steve about Nash some is of these. Out of the league. Thank you. That's right. He was the only <laughs> yeah, Canadian basketball correct. player ever. That's a good point. All right, next. Um, so the second maybe it, maybe it was it, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, isn't Buddy Healed from like? Uh, he was from uh, Jim- Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But is but it is it an American Canada, Caribbean or is it a? Is it a Caribbean Caribbean? I think it's Caribbean Caribbean. He's not like from the Virgin Islands no, or from, the, from Puerto Rico or something like that? No. no okay. I don't, I don't know so. where. I don't know so, but I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I should look that up. Uh, yeah, maybe. Next. Okay. Um, the second is so the uh, Summer League is officially kind of in full swing now, and Leangelo Ball made his uh, debut for the— uh, Is he still a thing? Yeah. He, he still exists. And he played great yesterday, too. Yeah. Um, he had yeah. five threes, a nice four-point play, 16 uh, points. Buddy Hill is from the Bahamas, by the way. Bahamas. That's not American. It's not. Definitely not American. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not. Yeah. Also, Bruno Fernandes from the Bahamas, I think. Is he? Yeah. I, I thought he, he was is. from Angola. Bruno Fernando? I'm pretty sure he's from Angola. Oh. No, is he? He's from Angola, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. But other than that, other than that, nailed it. <laughs> Definitely from the Bahamas. There's someone that was just recently drafted from Maryland last couple of years from Bahamas, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost positive. Is there yeah, though? I think so. All right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um but the the it was a uh 
the uh, who's the youngest ball? Uh, Mello, Mello, yeah, so he's the best one. Also, yeah. yeah, youngest one. So him and his dad. The Maryland were, basketball team is going to play in the Bahamas this year in their tournament. That counts. So no, I know that they have a tournament in the Bahamas. Think, right? There's someone. I don't know who. Maybe maybe not Maryland, but anyway. Yeah, doesn't. maybe not. <laughs> doesn't matter. All right. Um, maybe it was Buddy Healed. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. Go um, we got it. We got it. <laughs> Um, but no, it was cool to see because like he's the third brother. He's like the forgotten one. He's the second much. brother. Well, he's the second one, but he's the third he in terms of one, he's yeah. the forgotten one, and he's been a journeyman his whole life. All right, here's an example of one that I didn't know. You know, you know who's from the Bahamas, and I legitimately had no idea. DeAndre Ayton was originally from oh, the Bahamas. Oh, maybe yeah. You know, maybe I'm getting so there, two like of them I think there are more of guys like that that like. Why do you think he was American? He's borderline top. Well, I know I think he's, he's probably like close he's from to being... Ari- like he lived in Arizona. That's why he went to Arizona. Yeah. Like you know, he was it's good. Doesn't get enough publicity probably, but it's also because the nature of the team he plays on. Sabonis is quite good. Oh yeah, Sabonis is tremendous. Yeah. No question about that. But I hear you. No, the Thunder have some exciting. That really skinny kid who was a rookie like last year. He's like rail thin, but he showed off a lot of really impressive skills. But he's not quite there yet. I can't think of who you're talking about. I don't know. But if you I, know who I, he is. But I'm, I believe you. But I'm, I believe you. Know how infatuated I am with the potential of some certain players. He's like if puts on 80 pounds of muscle. <laughs> 80 okay. pounds. He's like 6'11", 190 <laughs> this pounds. We're, this, is, this is, we're not, when there's no Kendrick Perkins singing around here, we're giving you dynamite bass. That guy, I can't tell you what his name I'll is. Pull, I'll pull it up. He right, is, uh, we got it. Leangelo uh, Ball, you po- were saying. Poko, Pokosevsky. Poko, oh, Pokosevsky. Alexej Pokosevsky. Oh, well, why don't you? He's got to put on 100 pounds, is right. what you're saying. I'm not <laughs> even joking. He's seven foot, like 190 pounds. All huh. right, well, I, I got nothing. Dude, I got nothing here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you now. All right, you I, heard it here first. I, I believe you. To some extent, I believe you. All right, go ahead. We got to go. Yeah, no, I was just I was saying for the, in the for the bit about Le, uh, LiAngelo Ball, I mean, it was cool to see that he was like, I mean, clearly he's a talented basketball player in retrospect to the, everybody else. He's just not NBA ready maybe, but it was cool to see him put on a little show in front of MJ, his dad, his younger brother that were all there and supporting him. So, I mean, Maybe he'll make the team. I don't know. He's a, he's a ball brother. I feel like the last name just carries like way too much weight for their productivity. But I oh, mean, I mean, Lanzo's really good. Lonzo's getting you better. Mean, maybe you mean Lamelo? Lamelo is really yeah. Lamelo is very. Lonzo really just got good. that monster contract. With yeah, but every, everybody's getting right, monster. Yeah. Well, that's true. Basketball. I think now, now average role uh, players. No, Lamelo is quite good. I didn't. Leangelo. No, he's not. He's like was, six foot two and yeah. like built like a football player and. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's summer league. Shooting threes is the way go, to go for go right trying to earn a spot somewhere. That is true. So who knows? That's true. And then, so the the third thing is definitely a different different uh, avenue, but it's uh, actually about this new handbag. Is it a 10th Avenue freeze-out? <laughs> is it a 6th Avenue heartache? Do you know any of these things? No. Nobody yeah. in this room knows any. 10th Avenue freeze-out was a Bruce Springsteen song. 6th Avenue heartache was the Wallflowers. Okay. Uh, Both good tunes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. So this one is actually a, uh, a a new handbag that's very limited. I think there was only 200 of them made. And if you are a big pasta, yes, oh, I've seen this yes, actually. a big pasta fan, it's just a pasta box bag. You got to get this bag for you because there's a. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. There's a, uh, a, a fashion guy? designer. His name is uh, Nick Nick Bentel. No, but I'd be willing to become one. Um, this the this, this fashion designer Nick. Bentel is uh oh, yes. I don't know who it is. He's making these bags. Um 
two hundred dollars is the bag. It's running for two hundred dollars. Oh, I, right I thought now. it was like for carrying your pasta around. I didn't <laughs> realize it was just a pasta no, box. It's, a, it's like a it's like a pocketbook. Just yeah. it's with like the if you went into right, the supermarket. I'm, I'm, I'm back out. Sorry. Bought the uh, a box of penne pasta. You could now get the I exact thought same was, thing. I thought this was bag. a Charlie Kelly situation. No, like no, you want to bring your spaghetti with you to the movie theater, you can do that. You'd be more inclined to sneak it in in such a thing. I mean, maybe it's less be quite bold. Yeah. Like imagine if they look at you like you've got a pasta box, but there's no way there's any pasta in there, and you're like. Ha-ha! There was pasta in here all along! I, and <laughs> never would have thought so. I don't yeah, know. That's pretty, uh, it's a cheeky little bag, right. you know? I it's love like it. Little, little I fun. Love people, it. Were, people were saying, like, oh, when's the gluten-free box coming out? Mm. Like, oh, you're discriminating all this kind of, like, fun little stuff, but no. If you don't like pasta, don't get the box. Right, or exactly. The bag. Yeah, right? Seriously. Well, it's not for it's you. Not for you <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Like, this is definitely not for you. <laughs> this is for the top 1% penne pasta well, lovers. $200 isn't exactly like you could get a bag for a lot more than that. Oh, I, yeah, I get terrible. When my wife says something oh like, gosh, I need yeah. a new bag, I'm like, They're like a couple grand. A hundred. Now, she used to work for a doctor who would like the the Christmas bonus every year was buying everybody and all the, the people in the, because he, like, the, his staff was basically all women, okay. right? Like, the, now that I think of it, no, 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 <laughs> he's a good guy. I like this guy a lot. Um, uh, he would buy all of them a new handbag for Christmas. And I was like, never leave this job. Yeah, right. Never, and they all <laughs> loved them. They'd be like, oh, my God. We, they all freaked out about these bags. They were phenomenal. They look forward to the Christmas party Hermes every year. Hermes and all those crazy expensive brands. Whatever. I don't. I don't. Uh, this is That's not my area. If you say so, I it believe is. you. This is just not my Prada. area. Prada. There That's was one. It wasn't Prada. There was one, a guy's name, two names, first name and last name. There was a guy's name. Steve Madden? Is that That's the name? That's a name of a guy. Or is he Shoes? That I think he's Shoes. shoes. I, think, yeah. I don't know. There was Michael a, Kors. Maybe. There was a guy's name that made bags, and he would basically take my. Th- this was, you know, what I, I, my wife used to work for one of the Ravens team chiropractors. Okay, um, and a guy that I love uh, a lot, Doctor Dave. This is a great guy, and Doctor Dave. Yes, correct. In fact, so much so I don't even remember what his last name is. I would come up with it in a second if I thought about it. Um, but uh, Ballinger, that's what, that Dave okay. Ballinger. And Cody, he would Cody Bellinger, not Bellinger, Ballinger. Okay. He would take one of the like women in the office every year to go shopping for the bags for everyone in the okay. office. And he would buy all of them a different one. Like he would buy one based sure. on like everybody in the, the, their personality. My wife quit that job. Just a uh, just quick reminder: she quit that job. Well, instead of the uh, the pasta box. Yeah, it's time for. Yeah, yeah that's right. a great point. It's a great point. All right. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, uh, young Jack, young Utes. Brought to you as well today. We, we don't need to take a break. We can uh, talk to Jeremy. Young Utes as well. Brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. By the way, that's another thing you should share out on uh, Twitter. Share out the uh, the pasta bag. Right. Say, we were just talking about this a second ago. If you want to see it, here's the pasta bag that uh, all the kids are into that's hip in the streets these days. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals. You gotta you gotta mute yourself when you make these calls, Kyle. It's very important. When I'm especially when I'm, that, that's then you muted yourself and talked into the microphone. Can do. Okay, that's better. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota Rav4. Available in hybrid or gas only models. A Rav4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Rav4s from your local Toyota dealer today. John Proctor checking in to be a jerk as usual. Uh, but I don't understand why you're knocking Steve Smith. I'm not. I'm not knocking Steve Smith. I well, probably tagged him on Twitter. Yeah, and the um, he follows up the idea that the, the personal decision concept. Uh, effing a making your personal decision is code for being selfish and a public health risk. 
or mm. a team health risk in this case. Clearly, I I don't really to I don't really care because they're not they're they and I mean this wholeheartedly. They don't know why they're not getting vaccinated either. They don't know. They have no idea. They're not hiding something from you. It's just they've figured out that we as a culture are willing to move on as soon as they throw out the personal decision thing. Well, it's a personal decision. But again, it's a personal decision whether I go shove young Jack off the uh, the roof of this building after the show. That's a personal decision whether I were to kidnap him, take him to the roof, and throw him off there. That's a personal decision. That was decision. a Friday thing, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to wait till he's yeah, finished interning right. for, for sure, do, yeah. right? But, uh, wait a second, Kyle. That's a personal decision. How dare you say what day I should do that? It's a personal decision. My point is only that doesn't mean anything. It's we, 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 we're, we're using this as though it, me- it doesn't mean anything. It's hogwash. It's a word salad. Everything is a personal decision. Whether I jump across, whether I lunge across this and stab Kyle in the eye with this pen right now is a personal decision. A little different. How? It affects me very much. Yes, directly. but it's still my personal decision if I'm going to do it or not. Well, I can block it. Not if you don't know it's coming. You already told me. Oh, well, you didn't, I didn't tell you when. Jeremy Kahn. You know what my personal decision is going to be right now? To go chat with Jeremy Kahn. Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan. Jeremy, what do you feel about personal decision? You got any personal decisions you're making today? Oh, there's a bunch. But uh, So you have an intern named Jack? Yes, we have an intern named so- Jack. See, that's interesting. That brings up the age-old question, you know, of actually, too. Would you help Jack on the horse? And then, uh, more importantly, yeah. would you help Jack, Jack off, off the horse? horse? Yes, correct. It's a very yeah. important so, question that we very have. Very third-grade to... stuff here. Anyway, so why are we hiring um, him, Jeremy? <laughs> now let's talk emotionally about Mo Gabba this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> what a way to lead into that. God. Uh, what's no, going on? Um, yeah. But the funny thing with this is, and this is what drives me nuts about it, especially with like some of the football players that are talking about it's my life, personal choice, this and that. I don't want to put something in my body. I don't know what it is. And some of them are just like, hey, it's a personal choice, and they, they, they want to leave it alone after that. And, and I get it. I, for me personally, I don't care what you do, but I don't want complaints when stuff happens. You know, if they say you're not vaccinated, so you can't get on a plane to go here. You're not vaccinated, so you can't go to this game. You made, your, not, you made like, your personal choice, correct. Yeah, that's your personal choice. It's their personal choice to tell you you can't. But the odd thing for me is, like, we don't know how many of these players are unknowingly putting stuff in their body that they don't know what it's going to do to it down the line. Um, and then also, like, every time they step out on the field, it's a risk of CTE, you know? Like, right. it's, just, it's so weird hearing people say, I don't want to put anything in my body. I don't know what it's going to do to it later. You're actually playing a game that you don't know what it's going to do to your body later. So I, I don't know, man. It's strange. And again, I'm not one of these guys telling everybody what they should do. I got vaccinated. I think you should too. But um, again, your, your personal choice to do what you want, but don't be mad at what the consequences could yeah, be. I'm, look, man, I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to turn this into a, a preaching thing or a bully pulpit thing. I think that, and I wrote about it at PressBoxOnline.com today. I think Lamar Jackson gets criticized for things that are insane. I mean, like, the people mm-hmm. criticizing him over working out on a, a, a or hanging out with kids on a basketball court and running some drills, it, it, that's, that's the dumbest low-rent S that you could ever criticize someone over. Lamar Jackson is a professional athlete. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is not taking a risk. Lamar Jackson could get hurt walking to his car today, right? Like, that's, that's the nature of the human body. Um, that's an insane thing that we're just bored and we want attention, so we tweet about or whatever. It's insane. This I do think he deserves criticism over. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, you are running the risk of being unavailable to the team during the course of the year. And 
and without any knowledge of there being an immunocompromise, if there's a reason, right? Like if there was a reason why he couldn't get vaccinated, presumably he would tell us that, right? Like, and yeah. and we would know about that. Um, but without that, I think it's a mistake well, from a football standpoint because this you immediately have to be out 10 days if you test positive and you're not vaccinated. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You're going to miss two football games if you test positive during the course of the year, whereas, I get it, you can still test positive after you're vaccinated. We all know that. We're not stupid. But you get to come back as soon as you have two negative tests. So it's possible that even if you test positive, you could be back to play within that week. There is a serious advantage from a football standpoint to being vaccinated. Uh, There's just so much misinformation out there on what vaccines actually do, what's going on. I mean, I, I, again, I, I don't, I'm not even one of those guys. I don't like to talk politics or get political, and this seems – it's science, it's, and it I don't is, know why it becomes amazing. political, but yeah. of course it is. But, uh, you know, it's just – the whole thing's crazy to me. And, and I, I agree with you on, on the stuff with Lamar. Like, it just doesn't – you had it once, and then you get it again, and it still doesn't make you think that right, maybe, uh, maybe this is the best idea. Right. Oh, it's, it's yeah. nuts. It's nuts. But he was upset when he got it the first time and, yeah, and the second time. Yeah, so really that makes upset. it, you know. Really upset. All right. Uh, so you had another weekend, man. Um, yeah. You've done a lot of things. Um, what, what was that like for you, um, being out there and being a part of that over the course of the weekend? I mean, it's a top three moment in my life to be honest, like, I know that that may sound weird. And and again, I don't want to start getting, let's get into like, uh, I'm not going to throw, you know, getting married and my kids being born and all that stuff in there. I I think it holds its own place. But what I'm talking about for me personally, um, I mean, two of the best moments of my life are doing the big Mo show and being a co-host for somebody I idolize and, and then getting a chance to induct them into the hall of fame. And it was weird because they told us, you know, going back to Peyton Manning's speech last night, or they're like, Hey, you got six minutes. Um, they told me to keep it to two or three minutes, and I, I honestly thought I did until I listened to it afterwards. I mean, I didn't go much longer, but still. Um, I think I went like almost five minutes talking about him. But, and there's just so much to put in in such a short period of time. And, you know, you, you talk about a person who, uh, as I said in the speech, I mean, he literally cared about everybody else and put every single person before himself. You know, he liked, there's certain things he liked to do, but one of the most important things and I brought it up on the morning show was when he was told he was dying, he brought up three things. He asked who was going to take care of his mom when he was gone. And then he asked about all his fans and not like, Oh my God, my fans. He knew how many people used him as inspiration and didn't want to and would look at his life and make that a focal point for their lives saying, how can I be upset at what I'm going through when this kid is positive going through what I couldn't even possibly imagine dealing with. And then lastly, the heartbreaker is the one he, he, he asked about himself finally, and he said, why won't my medicine work for me? And that's just, I mean, it kind of encompasses everything that, it, that is Mo Gabba. And, um, so to be able to introduce him into the Hall of Fame, be on the field for my favorite team, the only team I grew up with, uh, it means so much to me. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was such an incredible moment, and they shared a stage with, with Fred Mann for Joe Angel, uh, you know, J.J. Hardy, Mike Devereaux, Sandy came out, and then Ross Grimsey was there, who's just super cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Just one of the coolest guys ever. Uh, but I, I, it was just a great day. And then even just walking around to people that, um, I don't know if they recognized me before. <laughs> like, they, they probably thought I was the, the caddy from um, from Happy Gilmore uh, with this <laughs> the beard, goofy-ass yeah, beard. Right. Uh, is, right. that, is this an incline plane? No, you're wearing one shoe. You know, that's kind of how I felt. But, um <laughs> But, you know, just talking to people and just saying, like, there were people that came up to me. Joe Angel's family said, I didn't even know his story. And when I heard Sanzi speak about it and heard you speak about it, like, it was just incredible to hear that from people. So, 
Um, yeah, just all time. I mean, up there, top three moment in my lifetime. That's incredible. It, it, I'm going to ask you this question. I, I realize that, that the answer just might be we don't know. It, what is next, Jeremy? For like this this thing that we all I keep talking to you about this this responsibility that we have um, to to continue to carry Mo's legacy and to pass down for generations what we learn from this unbelievable human being. Like what? What do you do next, right? Like this, this is this is great. This is neat. But like, what, what's the next thoughts? So, so I guess, and this is this was part of my problem with everything and trying to figure it out. So we were we were going to start a foundation where, um, depending on how we wanted to work it, if we wanted to give money to the Federation of the Blind, if we wanted to give money to Johns Hopkins Children's Center. And if, truth be told, we've been doing a ton behind the scenes where money is consistently going to Johns Hopkins Children's Center, but. Um, in the grand scheme of things, as it, it all sets up, like I was trying to set up a foundation that could it be a scholarship foundation? Could it be, I mean, there's so many different ways to take it, but everything I need to do, I need Sanzi on board. Like, I don't want to do anything without her permission or to make sure it's okay. Yeah. And it was really delicate in year one here because um, I know how I felt and I know how hard it hits me even on a daily basis. I can, I can't even imagine what she goes through. And as we talked about it, like Facebook was a blessing and a curse where you would get these great memories, but it would also, I mean, it would take you to a place that you were so happy to be, but you, it makes you miss him even more. And um, the, the real difficult part about all this was like, I was talking to her about running a foundation and being a part of it. And she's still like grieving ultimately. So it was really difficult to try to get a decision made on what the next step would be. So I focused on, I don't want to say smaller things, but things that I thought were important, the street naming, the talking bobblehead, um, you know, and then all the other people in the support group as well that, you know, Dean's doing the t-shirts and at threadlevelmidnight.com and and Chris Rowling from grade eights was setting stuff up as well. And Eric Arditi, I mean, everybody's been involved and I'm not trying to leave anybody out, but like we've all been trying to do our own thing and support one another and, and trying to raise money and, Hopefully we're raising a ton of money for Johns Hopkins Children's Center in his honor, but ultimately I think the goal is to, to set up a foundation. All right, I love that. I love everything about that. And as always, anything that we can do to, to help you, you know we would be more than willing to do that, man. But um, it, it, uh, it was special. It was, a, it was a special thing this weekend watching that, dude. And you did a, a phenomenal job, and I can only imagine the emotions that were going on, man. That was uh, outstanding, yeah. outstanding work that you did. I appreciate it. You know, some of the other cool stuff that a lot of people may not have seen, and I, I, I talked about it this morning, so Damon Amanda Lara, who Mo used to call on his show when he was on at nights, and then he eventually moved to mornings. Um, he drove down from New York for the day, his first time visiting Camden Yards, being in the stadium um, to see this. And it just shows you, like, how many people he touched. Most teachers, he had uh, a couple that came from Florida, Atlanta, um, there were some other ones that drove from like, a, you know, decent distances to just come see him inducted into the wow. Hall of Fame, which I thought was just so cool uh, with all the people over at Moe's Rose and just lots of other people whose lives he touched. So um, the other thing that really stood out to me is that in that Tampa Bay dugout, um, there were a couple of players that, that, that came out and watched the festivities, but the one that was there at the very beginning when the first words were spoken was Nelson Cruz. Mm. Um, and I just, I think that shows that, you know, former teammate J.J. Hardy and Joe Angel announcing games, and he would have been around for some of Mo. But, um, you know, what, what Baltimore still means to him, I thought that was pretty cool to see. And I don't think people got that from their vantage point if they're watching on TV or maybe even at the stadium. 
I'm not going to be over that for a long time. I'm not going to be over that decision yeah. for a long time. Look, man, I, you know, it's what it is. We can't re, we can't redo it. But um, ah, that that guy turned out to have a lot of baseball left, huh? That guy turned out to be a, a little bit more than four years. Yep, so. <laughs> a little bit more, and uh, and a lot to offer society as well. He is a, a special human being. There's no question about that. All right, dude. Um, so I know you're also a big Peyton Manning guy. Um, mm-hmm. Did you – a lot of people – it seemed to be like a consensus that a lot of people watching Peyton Manning – and I, look, man, it's, as I said before, unless unless it's my you know player that I care about, I'm not going to be a Hall of Fame speech guy. It's just not my thing, right? But um, I saw a good bit of it, and I see why a lot of people seem to think that like Peyton Manning was laying the groundwork for wanting to be – the commissioner of the NFL at some point. Did you did you feel any of that watching him give his Hall of Fame speech? It's an interesting take that I've I've read some about. Um, I think he does have aspirations of, uh, in some capacity, whether you want to talk about being a commissioner, running a team, being a general manager. Um, you know, we're going to get to hear him in the broadcast booth a little bit, and he's look, he's engaging. I, I think it's it's fun to hear him speak. I think he's one of the more intelligent, well-thought-out people. The other thing, I don't know how many people realize it during his speech, he had set up all the photos to be played as he was talking. So, like, he's so meticulous in, 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 in everything he does that he had set up those pictures as well to go along with it as he was speaking. And the only time he really got emotional was talking about his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he was funny and, and, as I said, engaging. So, I, there might be something to that, that he wants to be the commissioner. I mean, a big part of his speech was growing the sport and making sure they're taken care of it. He talked about coaching his son's flag football team. But, um, yeah, man, I, look, I, I love the guy. He's been one of my favorite athletes, uh, you know, since I was a teenager watching him when I was in high school and he was in college. Um, I told the story before, but I used to come home on Saturdays from basketball tournaments and leagues and different things. and It was almost like clockwork, whether it was 3.30 I was home or seven o'clock that Tennessee was on TV and I just started watching him play and fell in love with his game. And the Ravens had just come, you know, Cleveland had just come to town and become the Ravens. So it didn't really feel like my team initially. Um, and I just said, whoever drafts him, that's going to be my team. And lo and behold, I wind up on sports talk radio and people hate my guts initially. Right. Everybody's (laughs) totally good with the fact that you're rooting for the Colts. They're totally fine with that here in Baltimore. Not a problem whatsoever. I, I remember one incident that I got into it with a fan. Um, which, I mean, I've grown up a little bit, but I still don't mind the sarcasm because the guy came up and, like, tapped me on the shoulder, like a hard tap, and he's like, how can you wear that jersey? And he just, and I said, what do you mean? He goes, how can you wear that jersey? My father died for that jersey. And I was like, well, that's... I hope not. And I said, okay, I mean, I got mine at Shank and Tittle for 70 bucks. <laughs> wow. But okay, I mean, you know, however you want to do it. And then the guy looked at me. And he goes, how can you wear that jersey? And my reaction, and this is me being a sarcastic prick, as I've always been, uh, especially when I was younger. I said, you, you just no. put your head through the hole in the top and your <laughs> arms go through these two holes. That's how, that's how I wear it. And, and then I just kind of walked away. But I didn't realize the, the vitriol and, and the hatred that was there for it. I, I mean, I totally understand it. Um, but, you know, I, I had nothing to do with that. And for someone to be angry at me for what I was sharing. I remember, I, I remember one time walking – I wore the the Manning jersey when the Colts played the Ravens, and I walked into the wrong section, and everybody everybody started booing me, and it startled me so bad because I thought I was in the section with the people I came with, and I spilled nachos and like nacho <laughs> cheese all over the jersey, and then they all started cheering, and I'm like, no, 
all right, I'm covered in cheese, but at least they're not angry anymore. So. <laughs> Solid yeah, shank and tittle pool there as well. Yeah, it's been a yeah. minute, right? It's, I used to, oh, my God, yeah, I used right. to spend so much time inside shank. I don't no, think, I, don't I don't think, think anything so. in that mall is still in existence. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> um, I remember going on when, when, when you guys launched the FM station. Mm-hmm. And I, like somebody called into our show and was like, "Are you guys worried about them being on FM now?" And I was, and I remember like the best thing I could come up with was, which by the way, of course we needed to be like, "You are on FM now. You're gonna kick our ass every month." Um, we barely existed. You could barely hear us. And I remember saying something like, like "I've been there." Yeah. Oh, I know. You know. Um, I remember saying something like, why would I be worried about them? It's a bunch of people that don't root for the Ravens. Nobody's going to tune in to them. And they were like, what? And I started like <laughs> listing down everybody. I'm like, Scott's a Packers fan. And Anita, I don't even know what she roots for. And Jeremy's a Colts fan. And Viv's a, 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 a Cardinals fan or whatever. And somebody was like, really? And then I remember seeing somebody like – somebody saw me in person and was like, wow, you really hate those guys. I'm like, no, I don't hate those guys. I'm just going on the air and trying to compete because they're going to kick our ass for the next few years. I had that talk with a, a, you know, a former co-host at our station who I'd like through the grapevine heard wanted to go on our AM dial and compete with, with Scott and I. And, and, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of a weird situation in the conversation. He was like, yeah, I'll go on the AM dial and I'll kick their ass. And I'm going, you do realize like, like, this is right. to do that, you would have to be so much better than, than everything else. I'm not saying AM stations can't have success. I, I love the fact that they're still around, and that's where I got my opportunity. So I'm not right. trying to crap on right. it. It's just, it's just a matter of, like, if I gave you $5 and told you to go to the grocery store and make dinner, and you gave me 50 yeah, and my told me to do it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have better, better dinner. Yes, 100%. <laughs> you know? That's the way that it's going to work. There's no question about that. It's 50,000 watts compared to 5,000. Oh, my it's God. It's just so difficult just, to compete with that. just the way it was going to work. But, yeah, I'm like, no, no, we're not worried about that at all. Not at all. Not, <laughs> we're, we're good. We're good. Totally okay, despite the fact that you can hear them, them their station at the beach and you can't hear ours in Essex. Like, totally going to be fine. The way you drive under an underpass or overpass, it's gone. And it's all gone. of a sudden, the signal goes out and it comes back in. Totally fine. All right. Um, so, what, what's uh, what's going on in your world? What else is uh, what else is happening? So, um, I mean, lots of stuff, man. There's, God, it's so weird. I, I, I mean, I'm going to have so much news coming out uh, at the end of the month um, about where I could be, what I could be doing oh. as far as gambling stuff related. Oh. Um, shows and different things that are happening. Oh, I think I told you, you when we talked and I was in Ocean City, I came back home on Wednesday and I got immediately got my tooth extracted, which was one of the worst sounds yeah. that I think I've ever heard in my yeah, entire that life. Sounds, that sounds just so, awful. Just yeah. truly awful. Truly While I'm terrible. sitting in the chair, did you ever watch American History X? When I did. When he got yeah. his teeth on the curb yeah. and you kind of hear that sound? Yep. Imagine that sound coming out of your mouth and magnif- magnified by 100. Okay. How did like, the curb taste? <laughs> oh, that's what it felt like. It's I mean, it was, so I'm just now getting over like some of the pain and stuff, which was manageable. But um, it was—it's just so weird hearing what, that what, sound what's, come out. What's your top one pain? Give me the top uh, one pain of your life. Oh, it's, it's that tooth. It's the hot—the okay. hot tooth that I got. There's okay. nothing even close to it. So I—I um, I was with my in-laws yesterday, and like all of—I have a—I have a stepmother-in-law. And we were with all of her family yesterday. So a lot of people I don't really know, right? Like, just meeting a lot of her, like, nieces and nephews and stuff. like. And I, and I like her a lot and the people in her family I'd met. We had a great day, right? And this one guy, and I think it's her nephew, is, somebody asked him, hey, how's your finger, right? 
And he walks over, and it's utterly mangled. And he Tory Holt desk. Yeah, no, like it's there's stitches. I mean, like it's just it's disgusting to look at. It was in a wood chipper. Ooh no. Ooh. And it didn't come completely off. It Where was stayed, Steve Buscemi? Yeah, right. And uh, it, I'm in a wood chipper. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a yeah. Um, so he's going on about it and how they were able to save it. They were like, it's a 50-50 shot. We're gonna be able to save your finger. They're able to save it. It looks terrible. I mean, it just looks like an abomination, but he's like, I think that it was the right decision to try to save it because we'll see how it heals. It was only a few months removed from when it happened. So I'm like, God, he said, but this isn't the top one pain I've experienced in my life. I oh, said, really? Really? Cause he's like describing in detail the day that it mm-hmm. happened. And like, he was, he was so, he was holding it with so much pressure to try to keep from losing blood yeah. that his arm went numb. And when they got to the hospital, the doctor had to use like a, uh, something to pry, his hand off of his other hand off of his finger, the way that he was holding. He's like going into detail mm. and it's just wow. disturbing. He showed me pictures. I, I mean, like I couldn't, I was, you didn't ask the, the one of his, he said, how squeamish are you? And I'm like, a little squeamish. He's like, do you want to? I'm like, well, I kind of have to now, yeah, don't I'm, I? Right. I'm declining that. If I'm going to ask I, you, I he should didn't show have. You the Franken-penis, did he? Yeah, no, no, it was a different, yeah, yeah completely no. he different. He asked thing. for those. Ones. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. I, um, and then he said, but it's not the worst pain I've ever experienced. I'm like, how is that possible? He's like, oh, it's not close. I'm like, I, I don't believe you. What was the worst pain? And he said the same kidney thing stone. that was by far the worst pain of my life, a kidney stone. He said, I, I damn near lost my finger. I had to hold my finger together. You have ten fingers. To keep it from – and it wasn't as painful as a kidney stone. He said, if I had to choose between the two again, I would choose going through the finger again. Than going through again, you have ten first kidney stone, and and that's what I was just getting ready to say. Like if you gave me the option of doing the second most pain I felt ten times, or, or doing the first the, pain the I finger. you know the first most, yeah, I would just do, I would do the, the the second one ten times. Like this, like I, I told the story about uh, dislocating my finger and I had my wedding ring on it, and I popped it back into place, and somebody looked at my finger and said, "Hey, you might want to get that ring off." And we had to do the dental floss trick. So where I, Literally, I know it doesn't sound that bad, where somebody was, they put dental floss through the, the ring, wrap your finger up like a mummy, and then start unwrapping it, where it feels like they're pulling your finger out of the socket oh. every single time it turns, because oh. the ring is slowly going to slide down. Um, so that was excruciating, but you know, I think most of mine would have been, tooth pain just crushes me, man. And yeah. that hot tooth that I had, I felt, they, I joke about it all the time, that they hit me with so many uh, shots of Novocaine, that my eyeballs were numb, but they couldn't numb the tooth. So they performed a surgery on a tooth that couldn't get numb, and oh. I almost collapsed like three times in the yeah. chair with pain. Doesn't yeah. sound great. That's not terrible. okay. I would say childbirth for me. Right? Yeah, that that is a terrible pain. Yeah. I, you know, but I've been hey, lucky. But look at look at the beauty that you were able know, to bring right? into the world because of it. Um, I the only other thing I can compare is I had uh, I had to have eye surgery once, and like they numb your eyyes, so the pain's not all that bad. But they mm-hmm. your eye has to be open. Yeah, you have to see it. I and had LASIK yeah, done. It was very weird clockwork and smells and all that. Yeah. yeah. So watching a knife go into your eye, yeah. like I spent a day puking afterwards, like puking oh afterwards because of you watching have the so knife. Much, yeah, that, there was that. Yeah. I mean, but when you get that chance to do <laughs> malords after surgery, you just you just don't turn that down. I'm not kidding. I spent a day puking thinking about watching that knife go into my eye. It was that's that definitely scary. a show. Like we should compile a list of worst pains that people have felt and then try to figure out which one is actually the worst. But 
Maybe it takes people to describe yeah, it right. to kind of let you know yeah, and what like, type of agony. And in. somebody might say, "Well, you'd have to, you'd have to experience it." And you'd be like, "I'm good. Yeah, right? I'm good." <laughs> people yeah, would think, think that I'll it was like it was that. not as painful as it looked to have your front teeth shatter. Oof. I was playing basketball. We were playing Edmondson, Edmondson Westside. Ah, oh, it's a it rivalry. A fair it's a big rivalry Park School game, versus yeah. Edmondson. Yeah. Very fair. Yeah. Uh, who's for Habitat tournament? Second half comes along. We tie. We're tied at halftime. So we're like, we're still trying. And there was a loose ball, and I was literally, the thought crossed into my head, like, what's the worst thing that could happen if I dive for this? Mm, you found out. Yeah. <laughs> so I dove, another dude dove on top of me and, like, pushed my head into the hardwood, and my two front teeth were what made contact, and they just, like, snapped. And, like, it was definitely jarring. Like, I knew what had just happened, despite it never having happened before and thankfully never happening since, but I knew what had just happened. And everyone thought I was kind of making, like, being dramatic when I was, like, staying down on the court before I, like, yelled out the F word in front of, like, a court <laughs> yeah, full sure, of kids. Yeah, of course, right. And my friends on the bench saw, like, that I was missing my two front teeth. And not, and not the one that Matt Damon likes to Correct. use. Correct. Yes, right. yes, the so, one with the four-letter one. Yeah. Uh, and it was more uncomfortable because the roots were exposed. So, like, the, the taking in a breath was just, like, a change yeah, in temperature yeah, uh-huh, in your mouth. Uh-huh. But it wasn't, like, excruciating having it happen it was more shocking so i'd say like See, and, oh, go ahead i would say breaking my ankle is probably more painful than that i believe that i believe that i mean i hope See, i never feel the either that, one that's the weird thing about it too oh is it like you know the the things that happen instantaneously where you you know how bad it hurts sometimes your body goes into shock yeah uh there are other things where the recovery is worse like it's just a constant pain about things whether it's a surgery you went through or whatever I just know in the moment that that hot tooth, I wouldn't even wish that on my worst enemy, man. I, I don't even know if I'm doing it justice, but you would have thought I was being electrocuted in the chair the way that my, or the chair the way that my back was arched. And like, even after they were done, I, I went to stand up and almost fell. And I said, can I sit here for five minutes and catch my breath? And then even the worst part of that was at 2 a.m. when all, everything wore off, the pain medication and I was sleeping and I woke up. And I mean, I would have done anything to make that pain go away. So I was, I was miserable. I, they ended up finding me passed out on the bathroom floor. I took, I took a handful of like Benadryl and like, I say a handful. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> like, I was, I just said, please go to sleep. Whatever you can do. To, that's how much pain I was in. Yeah. Imagine knocking me out immediately. Cupping it's, his palm actually, and pouring Benadryl. It's actually Benadryl hand. and Malort. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just at the same time, just to get Flaming it over. Homer, you know? Correct. Yeah. That's exactly what they call it. 100%. Oh my God. Hey, and I assume that now that you've gotten the advice from uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis and Jake Gyllenhaal, you're going to stop bathing now. Yeah. That's going to be the plan for you moving forward. Yeah, right? I'm going to no. keep taking whore baths. Yeah, get a wet. The way you do get an Alabama wet wipe. That's where you take a paper towel just, and run it under the water, and then just clean yourself off. I was I mean, trying just, to explain, like, a, I was out with a, a, a group of girls that we play kickball with, and I was trying to explain, like, you know, yeah, I do keep like dude wipes in my car because you just <laughs> never know what the circumstance is going to be. You never know when, like, you went and played tennis or something like that, and then immediately you need to be somewhere and you can't go smelling like tennis. So, like, I do keep them in my car, but I don't. I don't use them regularly. They're just there as a backup plan to my backup plan to back up my backup plan. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the way that it goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the the idea of like voluntarily not bathing is just yeah, it's pretty weird. I, I mean, so I had this funny story. When we were going through a drought, and I was staying with my grandparents, and they lived. I moved out of uh, my parents' house and stayed with my grandparents, and they lived in a trailer. So it was like one of the trashiest things. As I'm like a 17, 18 year old kid. One of the kids I went to high school with came over, 
And my grandfather, who I, I don't know, I guess he was more patriotic than everyone else, because we were in a drought, refused to shower. Ah. So ah. my buddy that comes by, first off, he almost kills him. And the kid let out a scream like a woman, like you've never heard in your life. Uh, he said, what the hell are you doing going in my house? And he grabbed me and screamed. And then when I said, hey, no, Pop, this is my, my friend from high school. He goes, oh, okay, how you doing? And he's shaking his hand. He goes, I haven't showered in 10 days. And he's shaking the guy's hand. The guy's like, get off of me, old man. Like, it's just disgusting, man. And so, oh. so, yeah, I, I guess to each their own and how you want to approach this. But the whole bit, like, I'm um, – it's, I mean, it's not to each like their own. It's, it's not to each their own. I completely disagree with you about that, Jeremy. Not to well, each I their mean, own a, at all. It's a hygiene thing, right? If you, so. if you want to stay inside your house, do whatever you want to do. But my, I gotta admit God. though, if Myla Kunis, Mila Kunis, however the hell you pronounce it, if she told me she hadn't bathed in a couple of days, I'm still in. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, see, yeah. I mean, like, let's not let's not kill ourselves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a handsome man. All right, uh, what's coming up in the Big Bag Morning Show this week? So it sounds like the whole crew is back together finally. It seems like it was two days here with us, and then somebody's off. So we'll have the whole crew together. Uh, lots of focus on Ravens training camp, all the things that are going on. we got a bunch of people out there and, and trying to make our way out too. And then the end of the week is always to talk to Mike Elias. So should be a good week, um, kind of getting an idea of which direction the Orioles are heading in with Adley getting promoted to Norfolk. And yep. Do we get to see him in September at some point? I mean, I don't think so, but it'd be kind of cool. So we'll see. At Jeremy Kahn, it'd be great if it was the Avet Brothers night, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. What oh, a wonderful night that would be. It's uh, my birthday. so they I'm, try and do it on a night where they're not already going to have a lot of people? Well, I, mean, I don't there. know how many tickets they've sold to the Avet Brothers. I don't probably know. More than a normal night. I would assume. But like, you should probably just do it on a Tuesday night or something ah, like that. Forget it, forget it. All right. At, at Jeremy Kahn1057 on Twitter. Uh, if you want pre- to see me in rare form, then come out to the Avid Brothers night because I'm oh. sure I'm, I'm going to be three sheets of the wind. And, and belting along. Singing every, loudly. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Jeremy Kahn joining us as he does every Monday here on GCR. All right, uh, one more break to get to. Today's show is also brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Or read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Talia Tungavailoa is on the cover. We're a little more than, I think we're right around a week out from the next print issue of PressBox. So these are your final few days in order to get this one. Going to be another football-themed cover for the next print issue of PressBox. Not going to tell you anything more. It's a first time cover athlete so that's what i'll tell you on the next print issue of press box which is coming to newsstands in the next 10 days come back in get a tidbit and tubular to wrap it up it's glenn clark radio here it watch out for the first time the pga tours fedex cup playoffs is coming to maryland the top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 
888-789-7797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's no. champion. Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, winding down for a Monday edition of the program. Tonight, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley are going to catch up with a new Orioles Hall of Famer, Mike Devereaux, who was inducted over the weekend. We'll tell the guys about his experience uh, that'll be at 6 o'clock, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it there, you'll be able to find it tomorrow at pressboxonline.com or by clicking on the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Stan Shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Uh, really quickly, things that were on my list. Oh, I'm, I'm going to make – it takes a lot for me to be interested in a regular season Major League Baseball game. I, I am all in on this, this game they're going to play in the cornfield on Thursday night, yeah. right? Like, it looks amazing. And you know what's really great about it? I won't be able to watch it. So you're not all in. I would love to be able to. I would love to be able to watch it. I can't because WBAFF Fox 45. The game is airing on Fox, but not in Baltimore. They got priorities, man. They got things. Ravens preseason, baby. Nope. The Ravens don't play until Saturday. Oh really? I just want to miss that then. Mm. Too bad. Mm. I, I, I don't care at all that I'm missing it. 
They need to air the Washington football team's preseason game against the New England Patriots, which is also airing on NFL Network. Would that be subject to blackout restrictions as well? What do you mean? For the baseball game? Could you just watch it on MLB TV? I mean, I guess if you have MLB TV, you'll be able to. I don't, I don't know. They're bumping it over to something called MyTV, which I don't get. It's apparently available if you have Fios or, or the, the other one, the other big cable. One that everyone has. Yeah, if you have the uh, Xfinity, if you have one of those, you can get it. You know who can't? Your boy, because he's got a satellite dish that doesn't include my TV. So I guess it's not your so TV. So I'm, bo- yeah, it's not. It ain't my yeah. TV. It's it's. I'm boned. So, but I get it. I mean, you got to prioritize being the opportunity to be the second channel airing a Washington football team's preseason game yeah. over. A once-in-a-lifetime baseball experience. I certainly understand why that would be a decision that WBFF would make. I think that's a hell of a programming call on their part. Well done. Um, I I don't really have much to say about the incident um, at the Rockies game with Lewis Brinson. It's obviously abhorrent. Deplorable. Um, I I think we like to to pretend like racism only exists in certain places. Like when this happened to Adam Jones in Boston, we were like, well, this is a Boston problem. Like... there might there might be a lot of racists in Boston. There are a lot of racists everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's I I wish that it was only something that happened in certain places. They're everywhere. I I don't think it's indicative of the people of Denver all being racist or something like that, right? Like I think there was a monster who did something truly horrendous. And hopefully they find out who it is. He's never able to come to another baseball Hope game again in his life. people directly around him. Yes, are willing to out him and say, no, you're a racist piece of S, and you should never be in attendance for another baseball game. I probably would have to try and fight that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't believe how, like, it was, yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway. Um, and then uh, Eric Arditi tweeted us last night. He was asked by someone that approached him at the the baseball game on Saturday night if I was intimidating. You're pretty frail. Man. No, it's the (laughs) answer. Not intimidating, I don't think. I mean, sure, I've killed six men, but, like, that was... That well, was like unrelated. This, 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 the overall yeah. stability of your back, you know? Yeah, not great. Not, not great. Strongest I'm, back in town. What a bizarre, like, I, I don't even know where that would have come from, that I would be intimidating. Such a weird, it's such a weird thing to, am I I've, intimidating? I've never been intimidated by you. I, why would anybody be? I'm arguably intimidating. I mean, just, Physically. I mean, you're, you're bigger, but you're not intimidating. If I have to be. I break fingers on daily. Oh yeah, yeah. all right. Well, that's different. You know what you do in the baseball what you, bat out. What you, know? you do in your line of work is what you do. That's a personal decision, yeah, Kyle. That's what that is. Um, yeah, I was I was thrown off by that one by a good bit. What did he say? Uh, he didn't say. He just asked me. He's like, "So I'm asking you, Glenn, are you intimidating?" I'm like, don't think so. Uh, tidbit is brought to you today by Window Nation. Fifty percent off all styles of windows. Plus, no money down, no payments, no interest for twenty-four months, two whole years. Eight six six ninety Nation. Visit WindowNation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tidbit of the day: The Ravens will return to action this weekend for real football, as Glenn knows. Yeah, but sure, it is worth mentioning. Even though they have the leg up in the Bengals or on the Bengals and just about every category known to man, there's one where the Ravens rank second 
and the Bengals rank first. It's, a, it's like a statistical category? Who drinks the most? Oh, they're fans. Yeah, I saw that. The Ravens game. average 4.7 drinks per game. The Bengals lead all of football at 5.2. Hell so yeah, they do. Something to strive for, yeah, Ravens right? fans. You gotta, you gotta step your Prove game up. Prove them wrong. Of course, we mentioned the Hall of Fame, and particularly Steve Smith Sr.'s upcoming candidacy. And while the overall statistics are in favor of Ravens great Anquan Bolden. It is worth mentioning that Steve Smith Sr. is the most recent triple crown receiver in NFL history. That is a receiver who led the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns in a given season. Back in 2005, he did all three on a team that only threw the ball 449 times. So, you know, impressive, but doesn't make him, you know, a better candidate all around. That said, of course, Peyton Manning inducted into the Hall of Fame, but he started playing earlier than Tom Brady. However, six players since the year 2000 when Tom Brady debuted made their career debut after Tom Brady and have already been inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I know one of them is Calvin Johnson. Indeed, Calvin Johnson is on the list. Um, God, who else... Who else made the debut after Tom Brady? Um, Charles Woodson? No. He was 98, I believe. He was the same year as Peyton Manning, now that I think about it. Um, After after Tom Brady and already in the Hall of Fame. Of course, you have to wait five years to be inducted yeah, into the I Hall know, of Fame. Yeah, I know that. I'm I just telling that. people who are I listening. I know that. You're not alone here, Glenn. Kurt Warner. No. He 90, made his 99, was it, right? They were in the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's... Well, was that... Yeah. They were in the Super Bowl. It was the... The no. year 2000 was when they were in the Super Bowl, but it was the 99 season. I thought it was the... the Ravens were in the Super yeah, Bowl in 2000. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Never mind. Never mind. I'm thinking of the year they lost to the Patriots. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, how about it? Gotta be, um, Troy Palomalu. Indeed, Troy Palomalu is one. Oh, Ed Reed. Indeed, Ed yeah. Reed. You should have probably guessed yeah. earlier, but yeah. yes, well, indeed. I had to think, I had to think it through. Indeed, Reed. Um, Champ Bailey. No, is he in yet? He's in. He was 99, if I'm not mistaken. I couldn't tell you. Tony Gonzalez? Not Tony Gonzalez. He was 98. Trying to think of who went in with Ray Lewis. Brian Erlacher? Brian Erlacher is one. And there's still one more? Two more. Still two more. Edron James? It is not Edron James. Not Isaac Bruce. It isn't. It's uh, it's not, it's not Steve Hutchinson, right? Is it Steve Hutchinson? Steve Hutchinson really? is I'm indeed one. Then is it Alan Fanica? No, it is not. More prolific player. More prolific player. More prolific. More prolific player. It's not Randy Moss. No. Well, he was quite prolific. 
Ladanian Tomlinson. It is indeed okay. Ladanian Tomlinson drafted in 2001. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. Still kicking that Tom Brady. John Proctor offered a fun fact this morning. He says the Bengals have not won a game since before text a playoff game since before text messaging was around. So no one has ever texted their friend to say the Bengals won a playoff game. How about that? I did not. I didn't think about that, but that math does seem to be correct. I am good with it. Watching the wire, it's so funny when they're like, they're doing this thing called text messaging. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, very good. That was tidbit. It was also brought to you today by Great Eights memorabilia. Of course, the Purple Takeover is coming up. Ten current, former, future Baltimore football stars will be at the Maryland State Fair. Get your tickets. Great Eights memorabilia.com. That's great. Eight, the number eight, great spelled out, the number eight, the letter S, memorabilia.com. There is a ticket available, $325. You meet all of them. You meet all. Wait, did I do that math right? That's not the price. Let me remind you what the price is. I don't think that's the price. I think it's three. What is the price? Tree fitty. I've been saying it for it some time. Is it tree fitty? Tree fitty. That's the reason yeah. why we came up with that, right? It's tree, three, tree fitty. I don't want to give you the wrong number. I'm sorry. It's still an unbelievable deal because you get to meet all 10 with your pictures and your autographs. Get it right now. $350. Savings of at least 75 bucks on market value. Probably quite more than that. Great8smemorabilia.com. Again, great, the number 8S, memorabilia.com. Tubular brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. There's no way of sugarcoating it. There's not much happening tonight. Um, White Sox Twins, 8 o'clock on ESPN, MLB Network, Marlins Padres joined in progress after that game is over. NBA, NBA TV, ESPN2, and ESPNU for Summer League. I'm not going through all of it because Lord knows you don't care, but those networks Pick will yourself, be in LiAngelo is playing. Thank you. Great point. And ESPN2 will also have some Little League World Series coverage tonight at 7 as He's well. He's also not. I don't think not so, great. Yeah. Uh, and then the USA Network for WWE, Monday Night Raw at 8. Something non-sports. TV should be coming back now. Sort of. Mondays are still kind of a dead period. American Ninja Warriors tonight at 8 o'clock on NBC. Folks like that. Yes. Uh, late Night is back, other than James Corden, but who cares about that? Uh, Colbert with Stephen King. Uh, uh, Fallon has Billy Eilish. Seth Meyers, Kristen Bell, Dax Shepard, and John Stamos. Uh, Kimmel with David Spade as the guest host has Whitney Cummings and others. Um, that's really just about it tonight. All right. So well, at least it's something. It's yeah. a little bit more than what we've had during the Olympics. Congratulations, by the way, to the uh, Olympic women's volleyball team. They were awfully compelling to watch throughout this tournament, man. That, they won their first ever gold medal. That's awesome. All right. Thanks today to uh, Sean Burke. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the Archer. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Randy Mueller will join us tomorrow uh, Former morning. NFL GM, friend of ours. We will talk to him about the Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen stuff. Like, does that impact it? And, and probably talk to him about how the organization handles Lamar Jackson not getting vaccinated. Yeah. Like, what do you do? As a franchise about that. Irons and Fires, ah, stuff and things. Love Irons and Fires. Saw them in 83 at the uh, Warp Tour, I believe. They were hot. I saw that. Yeah, great. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore Ravens, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, the Maryland Five Star, Exxon Mobil, KS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. 
Have a great Monday evening. Oh, thanks to Young Jack as well. Have a great Monday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.